0: Welcome Cowhorse, full contact by Ben Self, with host Chris Dawson and Russell Dilday. This episode is brought to you by Ranching Equine Operations Insurance Agency. And also, this episode is brought to you by Oklahoma Equine Hospital, with Dr. Joe Carter and Dr. Jesse Carter-Arnold.
1: Well thanks for having me here. I'll see you guys later.
0: <laughs> That's our best interview. Yep. <laughs> Hope you guys enjoy, enjoyed this conversation with Bob Avalon. Uh, His attention span's not what it used to be. Uh, and with that,
2: welcome that was, <laughs> back
0: to Cowhorse Full Contact. I'm Chris Dawson here with Russell Dilday. We got Ben behind the soundboard, and today we are joined with a legend. The man that made most of us want to be horse trainers, he put the cool in Coolio. <laughs> coolio. Yeah, you been He's living. Had- in, you spend most of your life living in a gangster's paradise. <laughs> he was. He had nothing to rhyme with Hello. cool. He had nowhere
3: to go with cool. I think that's what it was. I
0: thought he was going to say school. He yeah. put the cool no. in school. There you go. The hero and the friend. Oh,
3: that's Adelaide. right. Now that's way back. I
0: don't even know how yeah. many of these
3: young people remember that
0: epic. Yeah, they should. Adventure. That's true. That yeah. was epic. That was one of the coolest things I ever saw. Yeah, I didn't know four guys could get there together was and nothing, do that. <laughs> right, four no. guys get along <laughs> you know, for that long. <laughs> yeah. What well, well, was two that like? Of a them Twelve hours. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> they had to. <laughs> right. <laughs> So we can afraid uh, of you. I mean, thank you so much for joining us, and uh, like I said, I think everybody's gonna get a kick out of this. So. You got it, yeah, right? It's awesome, and great. To Dana have you. paid
3: us to keep you for at least two and
0: a half hours. <laughs> she's got the credit card; she's going shopping. That doesn't surprise me. <laughs> <laughs> Turquoise today, <laughs>
3: diamonds. I think, yeah, diamonds. Ooh,
1: Ooh that's scary.
3: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> She said she had to get something with a bigger chain to hold that diamond up. It was so heavy mm. when she was ordering.
1: That's just what I needed, <laughs> him stirring things up.
0: <laughs> well, it's great to see you at a horse show. Well, thank you. Well, I haven't seen you in a lot of them here lately.
1: Yeah, I've kind of been cruising around.
0: Enjoying life from the look have, of it.
1: I have been enjoying life, yes. What
0: have you been doing? Well,
1: you know, uh, about three years ago, I decided I was going to slow down a little bit. And... Uh, I had 54 head of horses in training. I had 130 head of horses on the place. Oh, <laughs> my God. And I thought before I went in the same asylum, I would slow down. <laughs>
3: <laughs> For a man of my age, this
1: is too much. Yeah, really. I mean, look at me. I'm 26. I mean, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so I, Dana and I basically started working on a plan. And... Uh, 20 months ago, we moved over here, and I have six training horses. I have 12 stalls, five acres, and I think there's a total of about 18 head of horses on our place.
0: That still sounds like a full
3: time job. Not really. Well, there's no grass to mow. Yeah,
1: there's no grass to mow. <laughs> right there. You know? That's very true. Got that. Got that going because I left, the, I left the lawnmowers in California.
3: <laughs> they went with the place. Yeah. Sold them with the place. They did. I don't need them where I'm
1: going. No, no. and uh, so I love it. We get done if when it's hot. If we want to get up early in the morning, we're done by ten o'clock, and uh, you can get a, have a life. Right.
0: You know. So what's that life consist of? What are you doing? You go on the boat. Going to the lake. Yeah, we go on the boat. We go have fun on our boat.
1: You know, and uh, hang out at the pool and. Go see a movie or go have lunch or do what we want to do, you know. And uh, I still do some clinics and things like that. And uh, I help some of the younger horse trainers around here. And uh, so it's it's fun. I enjoy it.
0: Well, so I wanted to lead with that because I think you are the example and maybe the only one that I can even think of that was able to attain a nice quality retirement plan out of being a horse trainer. Well, there haven't been many. No, no, there hasn't been.
3: And, and, and like we were talking just true. a second ago, which we probably should have had on Mike is you, your past, you just said helped you get there because you saw so many great, great trainers die poor.
1: Right. Very true. I mean, when I was growing up, I got to grow up. I was very fortunate I got to be around you know some of the greatest hands in the world that we ever saw and uh, and I'm going to tell you very few of them got to retire. most of them died broke, drunk, you know or drunk and broke and uh, you know i just I knew when I was a kid that I didn't want to end up that way and so i um, you know i I really had to teach the business end of it to myself. All right. And I really, uh, I worked at that part, you know. I mean, you guys have seen the, the DVDs and video. Well, they were videos when we first started, you know. <laughs> uh, you know, things like that. And I, you know, when I was young, I worked for Tony Amaral. And Tony was not a good teacher. He was a great hand. Uh, but he was really hard to learn from, you know. He didn't explain anything to you. He didn't show you anything. He just yelled at you for doing it wrong, you know. And I thought the world of him. Uh, but you had to really work at learning from him. You watched him, and that's how you learned. And, you know, his help was treated, and I don't want anybody to think bad of him, because I do think the, thought the world of him. But, uh, you know, we were treated like grunts. Subpar. So grunts, yeah. I mean, we got $10 a day to go to the horse show, and we had to find a place to stay and, uh, and eat on that. And, you know, that's pretty tough to do. But... Uh, so I always thought that, you know, when I had hired help, I would explain things to them. I would help help them learn. And if I went to eat at a fancy restaurant, they got to go eat with me. If I stayed at wherever, they got to stay there, too. And, uh, you know, I've been fortunate to have unbelievable hands work for me. Absolutely. You know, there's one right over there on the telephone, standing there.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, no, I walked by him a little bit ago. Yeah.
1: So, but, uh, you know, I was... Uh, and that's a big part of being successful is your hired help you know so
0: well you've been such an example like say of how to win how to coach and how to retire i mean like i don't know anybody that doesn't just have the utmost respect for your entire career well, thank you
3: well it's so bobby not that many people a lot of people have produced some other great trainers through their program but you produced a ton.
0: Just one after the other.
1: Yeah, yeah. And you know, I, you know, I. Everybody asks me that. Okay, I, I get asked every time I get interviewed about that. And you know, I don't think I did anything different other than I had the ability to find young people that had talent, and I gave them a chance. I gave them the opportunity to use it. You know, um, I know that, uh, you know, Todd's standing right there on the telephone, but. Todd rode with my, Todd Bergen, he rode with my dad when he was really little. And uh, then he came to work for me, and I, I mean, I just gave him a chance to do it, you know, and he did it. He wanted it as bad as I wanted it. Uh, Robbie Boyce, I hired mm. him when he was uh, 13 years old. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, I told wow. him he was 13. I said, when you get out of school, you're going to come to work for me. Because I could see he was so talented, you know. And I just gave him a chance, you know. and uh, yeah, so. But
3: what probably what let like, you say, back to you working for Tony and them being on the other side of it mm. probably helped you set the structure up that let you give them the chance.
1: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I, uh, you know, when I worked for Tony, you know, basically <laughs> you were a grunt, you know, and, uh, you worked hard and you really didn't get much out of it, you know, other than you did learn. And Tony, Tony did teach me how to hustle. I mean, I, I can't think of another word to use, but he taught me how to be a businessman, and that was a big part of it. Um, but uh, as far as training horses, I probably learned more about training horses after I went on my own or after I left Tony than I did when I was with Tony, you know, because uh, he just, he would never slow down to show you how to do something. And, you know, I've always taken the guys that work for me and, um They always tease me because I let them dig themselves a hole. Like I let them get in trouble on one. And before they ruin it, I'll jump in there and say, hey, this is what you do. And usually that works really well because if you just coddle them all the time and never let them make a mistake, they never learn or they never remember they learned, you know. Uh, So I always let them, you know, worry about it a while. I'm like, you know, they come out and go, oh, my God, I'm going to get my butt chewed here because I'm screwing this one up. And then I'd jump in there and say, hey, this is what you did wrong, and this is what you need to do, you know. And, uh, and it, it seems to work really well.
0: Huh. So how old were you when you went to work for Tony? You
1: know, I, went, I worked summers for Tony when I was 13, 14, and 15. And then I went off to school, and I came back when I was like 21, I think. And uh, I went to work for him full time. When Benny Catrone left Tony's, I took Benny's place. Oh, oh no. mm-hmm. yeah. So And I worked there with Billy Arthur and Rod Weemers and myself. Oh. We had a beautiful single-wide trailer house. <laughs> <laughs> and We're, water that you could bathe in, but you couldn't drink. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> Were you and Rod Weemers about the same age? Yeah,
1: Rod, I would think, was a year younger than I am or yeah, two. Yeah, pretty something. close, huh? Yeah. I'll
3: be ding. Mm-hmm. Um, where did you start out? Well, I mean, what did your parents do, and where were you born in that?
1: You know, uh, my dad was a rodeo cowboy, uh, and he was a carpenter also, a Finnish carpenter. And uh, my dad's family was in Half Moon Bay, California. My mom's family was in Woodside, mm. and my mom showed horses, and uh, when they got together, my mom kind of talked, talked my dad into showing horses, you know. And that's kind of how it went, you know. I used to go to the rodeos with him when I was a little kid. And
3: What events did he do?
1: He team roped. And he roped calves, yeah. Mm. And, um, and then, uh, you know, when we started going to the horse shows, that's kind of how I got in the horse shows, you know. And uh, I, w- I, was, I went to horse shows right there in, in Woodside, right where Carol Rose is from. Mm-hmm. my mother used to give carol rose lessons really Oh, V D. be doing and uh, i mean i my mother was pregnant with me when she was helping carol i always tell carol that's why i'm scarred <laughs> 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 but like carol carol's kind of like a big sister to me you know but so anyway
0: uh, we might have to call her before this conversation is over she uh, she called me this morning i missed a call from her so we might have to call her back on air
3: <laughs>
2: but we'll save
0: that for a little while yeah. Oh, yeah the
3: um did you do some rodeoing young uh, a
1: little bit yeah harry rose jr and i grew up together mm-hmm. and uh we were gonna rodeo and you know i just couldn't see the longevity in it and that's really the reason i went to the horse show deal um, you know, my dad would show he showed a lot of halter horses and stuff then. And you know, they they fill them full all kinds of things to make them big and fat and lots of muscles. So we would go buy some horses at the sale and that were really kind of going to the killer yard or whatever they were going to. And we'd get into my dad's stash and we'd make them big and feel good. And then we'd buck them out. But you know what? We didn't have any pickup men or anything, <laughs> <laughs> you know. And you thought you were a hero sure. until you had to hit the ground every time, you know? So, so wish I'd have thought this out a little bit. Yeah, really? eight
3: seconds? Where yeah. is that
1: guy? Yeah, really? Yeah, you, know, you kind of go, ah, this, this isn't working out so well. <laughs> but, uh, but I just saw a lot more le- longevity in the, uh, in the show horses, you know? And I always loved cow horses. You know, that was my biggest deal. And, you know, I grew up on my dad's rope horses. My dad's rope horses were good rope horses, and they were terrible to ride. Mm-hmm. I mean, you couldn't turn them around in, a, in the arena. I mean, if you could get them turned around in the arena, you were doing pretty good. You know? <laughs> I mean, when you backed them in the box and roped on them, they they're good to rope on. But they were just horrible. And I just hated riding horses you couldn't turn around. And they didn't, you know, weren't responsive to you. And I, when I, as I was growing up, I always stayed with Tony and stuff. And I rode his, and it was like, wow, this is cool, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's where I got the bug for this, you know. And... Uh, so that,
0: I mean, that's really where I got started, you know. So, so how did you, you get hooked up with Tony at 13?
1: My dad and Tony grew up together, or they knew each other from a long time before that. Um, so.
3: You lived next to one another or something?
1: No, not really. But they, I don't know where they got to know each other, but I, I just got to know Tony all. You know, when Harry and I, Harry Rose Jr., uh, <laughs> when we were young, we used to go to all the the big horse shows like the Cow Palace and Salinas and all the good stuff, you know, and, and Tony was always so good to the kids. He was always so good to us, you know, Mm. I mean, he'd come over and he'd give us five bucks or something and say, go get yourself a drink or, you know, something, you know, not alcohol at that time, but, you know, but, uh, but, you know, he was always really good to us and we all looked up to him like he was a hero, you know, and, and uh, he was, you know, he he was one of my heroes really. But that was
0: your mom was the driving force for the the horse shows. Yes. Yes, uh-huh.
1: and she showed pleasure horses and halter horses, and uh, so that's what got us into it, you know. And my dad really, when he started the horse shows, he started showing rope horses, and uh, he was uh, he won the honor roll, which is the national championship. He won that in a I don't know steer rope, but I, one of the, one of the team roping deals, you know. I forget what it was. I think they actually had steer stopping at that time in the quarter horse shows. Mm and uh and he won some of that stuff and i mean he won a lot in the rope and then he got into the cutters and uh you know i rode some of the cutters with him and stuff and that was fun and i enjoyed the cutters but uh, he showed halter horses pleasure horses and, i mean i sh- i showed everything i mean my mother used to tell people my favorite event was the gate opening <laughs> right. uh, you know because i mean it didn't matter I, it didn't matter if i was good with it, good in it or not you know i let me in there yeah i was just i wanted to go in there you know and Addicted to it. Yeah, I was. Yeah. You know, I mean, I like to show. I mean, I rode hunt seat horses and everything else. You know, and uh, and then I just uh, I always liked the rainers and the cow horses, and the, I always loved to rope. You know, and um, so that's kind of the way I went. You know, I, I showed everything. I mean, I had a lot of horses, and when I went out on my own, and we showed a lot of halter horses and everything else. So
3: was your dad. Uh, he was just doing the horse showing as a hobby and still a finished carpenter or was he training No, he went he
1: went full time into training he was training yeah
3: mm-hmm. and your mom was training also mm-hmm. right oh tra-
1: trained too yeah we had a uh, we had a ranch in Cupertino, California it's uh San Jose area oh uh-huh. and uh, and that's where we lived then doing? Oh, uh, so and then uh, you know, later on, my dad went to work for uh, George and Kathy Smith. And George and Kathy Smith owned a big cattle company right outside of Paso Robles. There's 58,000 acres there we lived on. And uh, they owned a lot of the Puro Tuvio the and the Poco Tuvio that made Dock Bar. And uh, so my dad went to work for them, showing their horses and stuff. And, and then he bought Dock's D-Bar, and Doc's D Bar was the first big time Doc Bar stud there was. Huh. So, huh. You know, he did uh, ten events. Did the ten, Smiths ten, have ten kids? Events. Ten events, yeah. He what?
3: Did the Smiths have kids? No. No. No, no kids.
1: George mm. A and Kathy Smith Cattle Company. Oh be doing. It was big. It was right next to the Jack Ranch out there. We were aboard the Jack Ranch. Mm. Well
0: good iced tea there at the cafe yeah the little cafe right there (laughs) yes yeah
3: yep uh so how long were did you guys live there
1: well i think i was there for four years or something
3: from what age to
1: probably um 13 to 16 or 12 to 16 or something like that you know
3: no brothers and sisters? No brothers and sisters. Only child.
1: My child. When you do something perfect, you don't do it again. <laughs>
3: That's what my mom said, too. <laughs> or if something's that bad, you should stop doing it. <laughs> yeah, there could be some truth to that, too. Um, <laughs> so where'd you guys go from there, Bobby?
1: Well, my parents got a divorce, and I moved to Reno. And, uh... I lived in Reno, and I finished school in Reno and stuff. College. Yeah, and uh, high school and college. And I Who lived was you living th- in Reno? Like? I lived with my grandparents. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. My grandparents.
3: On your there. what side? My dad's side. Dad's side. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and, uh, and I went to college for a while. I didn't, it was too slow for me.
3: Didn't, didn't rush college?
1: No, it was very slow for me. Those people were just too worried about sitting in a classroom and stuff. I wanted to go out and make money.
3: So I what did you, uh, learning, what were you, what kind of classes were you taking?
1: Uh, anything I could pass. <laughs>
3: <laughs> was there a rodeo team? Yeah, there was. Yeah. <laughs> I see it now. Yeah, I can see it now. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, but, uh.
3: No degree or anything? No, God, no, no degree. Killing no, time. Oh, no, yeah, no.
1: They, and you know what? That's, it seemed like there was a lot of people in there that were just killing time, and I just was, it was too slow for me.
0: All right. What, you about know. three semesters? Oh, no, like one semester. One semester. Well, <laughs> yeah. 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 And then we go back to Tony's.
1: Yeah, then I went back to Tony's. Yeah. Yeah. From there. Well, you know, I, I worked for, uh, while I was going to school there, I worked for Reno Vulcanizing in Reno, and I had a really good job. And that's the Goodyear dealership for northern Nevada. And uh, I I had a really good job. I mean, I was a parts man. I would go and gas stations used to be service stations. Mm -hmm. I would go and stock them. I mean, I'd sell them everything from spark plugs to sunglasses to rotors and, you know, spark plug wires and tires and batteries and everything else. And uh, then I just got one day I got up and I decided that wasn't what I wanted to do. And I had gotten completely away from the horses.
3: Were your grandparents not in the horses at all?
1: My grandparents owned a ranch in California, but when they moved to Reno, they weren't in horses anymore. But um, but I got completely away from the horses. I had a ponytail, and oh yeah, it wasn't silver then. <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't laugh. Look at you. <laughs> at least he's got it. Yeah. But uh, you know, I had a I had a brand new Corvette and. I was. It was good. It was good. And I decided I wanted to be a horse trainer. And I called Tony up on a Friday afternoon, and I do remember this because it was life changing. <laughs> I called him up on a Friday afternoon and asked him I wanted a job. And he, I guess, uh, Benny had just given him notice, and he said I want you here Monday morning. And I said Well, I don't know if I can do that. And he says I want you here Monday morning. So I had two weeks of a paid vacation coming so I went and forfeited them because uh, I really like the guys I work for and uh, I took my Corvette down Saturday morning and I traded in on a half-ton pickup and I went to the barber and got a haircut and I started for Tony on Monday morning for 250 a month and what were you making at the vulcanizing oh quite a bit I don't remember what exactly I was making, but I was making Maybe enough that, enough that I, I thought I was a big dog. <laughs> <you know? laughs> and I was a little tiny puppy when I went to work for Tony. So it was pretty it's pretty shocking, you know? I mean, I was making enough I could do anything I wanted to do, you know, and stuff.
0: So, and then to go. Yeah. And you knew what you were in for. You'd spent three summers there. Oh, yeah. There. Mm-hmm. So, was no.
1: But it still was shocking, you know? It was still. But it was worth every cent penny of it it was worth every every moment of it you know but it was a little
0: shocking at first Mm. so how long did you work for tony Uh,
1: about four years
3: Uh uh-huh and so now you're 20 oh i'm older than
1: that i'm older than that oh i'm
3: 22 or something 22 yeah something like that wow that's a pretty big change to make at 22 Mm -hmm. from being kind of a big dog with a corvette and did you chase all the women in Reno and
1: Oh I did a lot of stupid stuff in my life, believe me, I really this wasn't one of the stupid things I did, but and everything turned out all right. So I guess none of it was stupid, you know. But I uh when I left Tony's I went to work for my dad in Eugene, Oregon. And he was he had Doc D then and they were breeding a hundred and something mares a year before artificial insemination wow. and stuff. Everything was on the ranch. And uh so I worked for him for a couple of years and it was you know the breeding business, I it didn't turn me on that much, and uh, so I got a job in uh, Sisters, Oregon.
3: Was he not showing at the time? Also, yeah, he was in showing, training, but he was showing. But yeah. the breeding deal was,
1: it was yeah,
0: the I,
3: heavy I, part yeah, of it.
1: Yeah, oh yeah, that was big time
0: part of it. How was that mm-hmm. dynamic going back to work for your parents, or for your dad, after being gone and out on your own, and then you know, and then coming back and kind of going back home? Uh, not very good. <laughs> I could imagine. I mean
1: my dad and I always got along really well, you know. Uh, his wife and I didn't get along very good, uh which happens a lot, you know. Yeah. And um so, you know, it was just part of what I did. Did I, you still I stayed get, there a year or something, you know. Right. Did you still get along with your mom
3: oh, after yeah. all the divorce and stuff? Yeah. And she went to Where would she uh, go? She still to? lives in
1: California. She's still there.
3: In uh by Woodside?
1: Uh she's in up uh, by San Francisco. now. Oh, somewhere in it. Mm -hmm. But, uh,
3: did she stay with the horses after the, no?
1: Mm -hmm. Well, Um, well, I take that back. She did. Uh, She married Hank Aldridge and Hank Aldridge is probably before you guys. He was one of the guys that started the AQHA.
3: Yeah, I've heard that name. Mm,
1: He was a great cowboy. I mean, he was a big time cowboy. Uh, he owned supercharge and, uh, he owned a bunch of big time horses, uh, was just really a neat guy. Him and I got along great. We, we were good buds you know and he was a he was a, he was a cowboy's cowboy you know and uh, he was a businessman and he uh, was very successful but uh, anyway uh, you know that's where my mom went then he died later on and mm. you know so she went back to california so
3: where did they live out together
1: well, right there in oregon
3: oh in oregon mm-hmm. right
1: south of uh, portland mm. so
3: so you went to work for your dad for about a year. About a year,
1: probably about a year, yeah. Then I went to work for Treetop Railway Company, which is within Sisters, Oregon, and it was a uh, Tori Brockman. He was the uh, he was a state assemblyman for Oregon, and uh, they had race horses and show horses. So I went out and worked for them for a while, you know, and
3: doing both.
1: No, I didn't do the race. They had a racehorse trainer there. Oh. I did the show horses, you know.
3: Oh, uh, what disciplines?
1: I did the halter horses and pleasure horses and rope horses, really. That's what I did.
3: So mostly AQHA? Mostly AQHA mm. at
1: that time, yeah. And um, it just wasn't, I, I had a hard time working for people. I didn't, I didn't, I liked doing my own deal, you know. So I, um, I worked for them for about a year, and I decided I was going to go out on my own. And I had a blown-up half-ton pickup. I had a rope horse gilding. I had a rope horse saddle. I had a snaffle, a hackamore, and I think I had a hackmore bit. And I was going to be a horse trainer. And if anybody worked for me ever told me they were going to do what I did, I'd tell them they are absolutely out of their minds. <laughs> <laughs> don't be be a <laughs> fool, Billy. Don't be a fool. But, uh, you know, that's how I started. And I mean, like... Uh, I rented half of a little barn there and outside of Portland and it had like a, you know, it had eight stalls on one side and eight stalls on the other and I had one side and another guy had another side and we had a, it was like a hay storage part in the middle. We didn't have hay in there. Then we'd ride in there when it was raining and you know, in Oregon, it rains a lot. A lot. And so, uh, you know, how big
3: uh, was that area?
1: Not very big like 40 by 60 or something. But, you know, you can turn one around in there and stuff like that. And then I, uh, there was a dressage trainer down the road that I got to know. Joan Karen was her name. And uh, she had a big indoor arena and stuff. So I went down and I'd take my horses down there and ride with her. And she's the one that taught me how to change leads. You know, the dressage trainers are way ahead of us. You know, they're miles miles ahead of us. And so that's where I got <laughs> into the, big time lead changes and all the body control and all that stuff that's where i came with all that so and uh, and then i uh, i moved to yam hill after that and rented stalls there and i bought myself ranch there I had 45 acres there and uh, i built a place on it and stuff
3: so, so how old are you by the time you get to yam hill i don't know
1: 26, 26 27 26. 28 somewhere in there
3: no wives
1: uh, not at that time, no.
3: Not married, no. Not that yet.
1: No. And only you, had one at a time, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the way you said that, no wives. <laughs> 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 I only tried one at a time.
0: That's <laughs> all a guy can handle. Not man yeah. enough for
1: that. Yeah. More than that, no. <laughs> no.
0: But, uh, so,
3: uh, what are you getting? How much a month are you getting when you have the eight? When you're sharing the eight star barn?
1: I think I got four fifty above.
3: Four fifty, and month.
1: that included board. That was the whole banana. The whole, yeah,
3: sure. And, st- and just AQHA in then, or are you just riding horses?
1: No, I hadn't gone to, I'm just riding anything.
3: Just riding.
1: I started a lot of racehorse colts. Uh, you know, I just rode anything that anything that would, would pay, pay the bill. Mm-hmm. You know? So.
3: And uh, not many of your own. Not nah. much buying, selling? No. No, just cash in hand.
1: Yep. No buying, selling at that time.
3: Uh, renting a mm-hmm. house?
1: Yeah apartment with another guy
3: and so when when you go to Yamhill how many do you have in training when you get there
1: uh maybe five
3: really four or five
1: yeah and uh um I rented stalls there from Sport Laughlin which was my wife's grandfather Christy's grandfather and uh then I bought a ranch right there. I bought some acre. I bought 45 acres right there, and I started. I did a lot of lessons. Um, I would do uh, lessons on uh, two nights a week, group lessons. You know, make money. And I'd I'd ride about anything you could. Was there
3: a arena and stuff yeah. on the 45 acres when No,
1: no, not on mine. But when I was renting, it was there was an indoor arena there and stuff.
3: So you were still going. You bought the forty-five acres yes, and you're and still, I'm renting, still stalls renting stalls there. Yeah, with the idea that you were going to build,
1: mm-hmm. right? And uh, and I did. I built later on, but um, you know, I had a I had a horse named Chugwater, which was uh, some people just brought it to me, and he was he was my first rancher cow horse, you know. And he was a little gilding, and he'd buck me off at least once a week. <laughs> you know, once, a w- once was a good week. That was a very good week. And he'd buck me off like that. And, uh, but he was very talented, and I, you know, he was the only thing I had. So I, I'd ride him four or five times a day, you know, and stuff. And I took him, and I won the reign at the Cow Palace on him. And, you know, like Ingersoll and Amaral and all those guys were in it, you know. So it was pretty cool. And actually, after that, I started getting more horses. That was really what kicked me out. That off.
3: was a break. That mm-hmm. was your big one.
1: Yeah. I uh, After that, I got a gilding, an all-around gilding from Canada that was a uh, big, pretty gilding. I roped on him and showed him in the trail and the pleasure and the, I don't know what else I showed him in, the halter. And, and, uh, and the people that owned Major Bonanza saw that. And they were from Canada, and they sent me Major Bonanza. And Major Major Bonanza was my first big, big dog, you know. I mean, people, including me, uh, when they sent him to me, I mean, he was bred to be a halter horse, you know, strictly. Coy's Bonanzas were halter horses, and all of a sudden I came out with this, you know, cow horse, and I showed him the cutting, too. And, I mean, he was, he was unreal. I mean, he had to wrap his hawks. He'd stop so hard. And... You know, and then he'd rip all the wraps off his hawks, you know, and stuff. He was Mm -hmm. pretty cool. And he was very pretty, you know. And that was really my first, uh, that was the one that really kicked it into gear. So, and I went from there. Um,
3: And by that, so by now you're getting more of a barn full of show horses or about half and half or what, how are you?
1: Um, Mostly a barn full of show horses, Mm -hmm. you know.
3: Just from the one, the first one.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was getting a lot of show horses by then. And uh, and then I wanted, you know, the snaffle bit had started uh, when I worked for Tony. When I was working for Tony, oh, that's really? when the snaffle bit started, yeah. And I always wanted to get in the snaffle bit horses and stuff. And so I started having a few of them, you know. And I'd go to little little snaffle bit fraternities, Hermiston and, you know, stuff like that, Oregon. And I went to some of that stuff and... Uh, and then i uh decided I was going to stick my toe in the big water and go to Reno, you know, and my first one was absolutely horrible <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there wasn't any way around it it was horrible it was just horrible and uh and i'm a I think I'm a pretty quick learner, <laughs> so I thought no, I don't want to do that again <laughs> so i uh
0: now, did you show that one anywhere before you took it to Reno? No. No.
1: No. I should have.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I probably wouldn't have gone to Reno.
1: Uh, but uh, and my next one, uh, I, th- I went home, and I kind of went home with my tail between my legs and thought, you know, I can do better than this. And I got a mare named Doc Missy Command, and uh, she was uh, very, very cool. And I went back uh, like two years later, and I was a reserve champion at the Snaffle bit. And then I, from there on, I kind of.
0: Who won know, it that year? I mean, uh,
1: Justin's brother. Justin Wright's oh, brother. Oh! He was the last Greg, horse to go. Greg Wright. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh huh. Rotten ass kid. He was the last one to go, and uh, he beat me. And. Uh, but then uh, that was in, I think, 85 or something. And I came back with something after that, and then I won it in 88 mm. on Docs.
3: Did you go to the snaffle bit with Tony Emeril when you were working for yes. him? Yes, yes. So that's where you saw it?
1: Yeah. I never got showing it, but I went there when I was working for him.
3: And that's where you kind of got hooked mm-hmm. on it, just seeing it there.
1: Yeah. It just took me a lot of years after that. God, I mean, that's a lot of years. I think the first one was in 72, wasn't it? The first time uh,
0: I think so. I think it yep. was. 1970. 70. Is, it, is that the first one? Todd, Les Vogt and Bobby Ingersoll okay. tied on wrong Key and yeah. Leo Sita checks. Yeah. Um,
1: it must have been about that. And then, I mean, it
0: took me until...
1: Uh, I would say the early '80s to get mm. going enough to get go do it myself, it. you know, mm-hmm. and uh, so that was. And
3: by now you've got a pretty decent customer base. Yeah, I do. And you can go find some better horses, right?
1: Yeah, and i uh, i had I had good horses by there. I had some good horses by then, you know.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Um,
1: but uh, smart little cowboy was actually sent to me by dave roberts and dave roberts was the first free agent in baseball and uh, they brought him in in a stock trailer they backed him up to the indoor arena and opened up stock trailer and two days later i caught him <laughs> 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 and you know he was a smart little lena and i mean it was the second year of smart little lena's and I mean, like I had seen a couple of smart little and I saw smart little Lena and I mean, I wanted a smart little Lena bad. Well, they brought this rat in there, you know, dumped <laughs> off of my arena, you know, and uh, oh my god, he was just and I mean, he was he'd bite you and kick you, and he was really talented. And it was funny because the, then I, I went and won the snaffle bit on him, and Pat Close, that was the editor of Horse Western Horseman would not write the article about him because he was a 4th of July baby, and she thought I started him too early. <laughs> when I started oh. my, I didn't even know he was a 4th of July baby. <laughs> yeah, I just started him. I mean, I, I didn't go and step on his papers. I stepped on the horse, you know? So, but, uh, yeah, she was. that was a big deal then. And it was like, oh, you shouldn't darned. be started then, you know, and stuff. So it was like, whatever, you know.
0: I've always wanted to do a study and look at the fraternity champions and see if there's any correlation on when they're born. I mean, we get so worried about trying to get them babies born early, but just like that. I I've mean, heard there a, is.
1: I, I have heard that th- the young ones are never the fraternity champions.
0: Really? Mm-hmm. I've heard that. I don't know if that's true. Except in 88.
1: No, no, the young ones, the ones that are born in January and oh, February. Oh, right. You know, the ones that are born early, I've heard there never are. So oh, no I don't kidding. know if that's true or not. but oh, uh, <laughs> But I know that it was kind of like, hmm. Well,
3: just the other day, Robert John was telling us about that one. That
0: yeah, no he didn't start till October. Short yeah. and all, It was after snaffle bit. Yeah, October. Yeah, when he came back from the snaffle bit is when he said they were. He mm. was the first time he rode her as a two year old. I
1: had some I did that with early too. I don't know if you could do that anymore. I don't know if you can.
0: I tell you what. That called me Mister Mister. That horse had. I think he had sixty to ninety days on him, and they brought him to me after the Congress as a two year old, and. I was as close to having a shot on him at the fraternity as I've been on anything. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it was, we were cutting her close.
1: Yeah. The great ones. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's, the good, the good ones
1: kind of, they're pretty easy. Right. Yeah. You know, you still got to do put your time on them. But, but, uh,
0: cream will rise to the top.
1: Yeah, yeah. And then I, you know, after Smart Little Cowboy, I started getting people that wanted to work for me and, Things like that, you know. So are you all,
3: still on, are you still a one man show by then?
1: Yeah, I think I was.
3: N- and not even any stall cleaners or anything yet.
1: No, I think I had a stall cleaner. I don't remember that. You much. had
3: to have somebody because you were going on the road.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I, I had, you know. Uh,
3: but no lopers or anything yet.
1: No, nah, I, I might have had Tommy St. Lair work for me. Uh, he's a kid from Oregon, a guy from Oregon, and uh, Mike Edwards, and he's an all around trainer now. And uh, they're both, and he's in Washington. They're both very successful. They might have been working for me when I did that because they worked for him before I built my ranch. Mm. And smart little cowboy came after I built my ranch. So, but
0: uh, what year did you get married? I
1: don't
0: know. <laughs> after you
1: built 70, your ranch Seventy-six, or I think. Oh, so y'all Se- were married a little 76. bit before you had B. Yeah, yeah. I was married quite a while before I had B.J.
0: Yeah, because he was what? He's an 82 model?
1: Something like that. I think he's 37 now. Whatever that is. Wow. Isn't that something? Oh. He still doesn't listen. He's almost 40. He still doesn't listen to (laughs) me.
3: That's what Uh, you got to look forward to. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I'm in the middle of it.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
3: But. uh, 76. So after you built your ranch, you get married,
1: uh, kind of the same time. I think. kind of the same time, if I remember right. Yeah,
0: mm. yeah, because you'd been leasing stalls from Christy's parents, grandparents, grand or oh, her mm-hmm.
1: grandparents. Yep.
3: yep, and that's how you met her.
1: Well, now we met at horse
3: shows. Horse, oh, she showed, mm-hmm. she showed horses too. Yeah, mm.
1: so but, um. Uh, and then it was like uh, we went full bore. I mean, hammer You're down.
3: Ten years so you have BJ then. Or I
2: don't know if
1: it was quite that eight. long, but it was yeah, something like that. Yeah, oh. and uh, and we were going full bore too. I mean, we were going. I had two semi trucks. I had an eight horse and a nine horse, and I mean there was a lot of times they were going different directions, mm. you know, and I was on airplanes in between flying different places. And we we were hauling, we had one rig that just hauled halter horses, you know, because you want <laughs> you don't want to hurt the rest of them with the halter horses. <laughs> you never knew what they were going to do. But
0: uh, what do you think was the big attraction for people? Because, I mean, the halter horse deal in those days was huge and it's still a big deal. But, I mean, not like it was. I mean, it was like that was the deal. I mean, that's where the richest customers seemed like they were. And I mean, yeah. I don't know. people love pretty horses, I
1: guess. Yeah. You know? I mean I've always thought it's better to have something pretty to look at than it's ugly anyway.
3: Right. You know? Did that was the non pro big in the halter Bobby then or not? There was no
1: non pro. None? No, none. There was no non pro at anywhere. There was no uh there was no amateur divisions. You just you were in the youth or you were in the open, period. When I went to the Snaffle bit, you were in the open or the non pro. That was it.
3: And the same with the halter?
1: Yes. You were in the open or the youth?
3: So the owners w- were owners. just coming to watch?
1: Yes, basically. Hmm?
3: Hardly any of them performed. You didn't uh, train for someone no, hardly never trained at
1: all? It. we never trained for anybody until later on. I, I guess it's maybe the, maybe the mid-'80s or something like that. You started getting some amateurs, and the amateur division deals first started.
3: So what were your early lessons? Kids. For? kids, oh, youth. Lots of kids.
1: Lots and lots of kids. We'd have lessons on Wednesday nights and stuff that would have 20 kids in the arena. You know? Oh, man.
0: It was it was a living,
1: you know. Yeah. We'd make a living. So. But then, it, you know, and from there, uh, some of their parents turned into customers, you know. So did those...
3: Them down the road. Uh, when you were doing the kids lessons did you have the horses in training or did they bring them and take the lesson
1: uh both
3: both about 50 50
1: yeah something like that mm. yeah so but uh yeah we uh, it was uh, it was full bore i mean i had a lot of horses training for after a while there and i had three different barns at uh the place i leased and I mean, I had all three of them full, you know, so it was, it was busy. And I'm not going to tell you that everything is something you wanted, you know, but right. they were all, all horses that were in training, you know.
3: So d- not a lot of English for you? No. 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 Western? Yeah. Halter? Raining? Much cutting at that time? Yeah, Are I, w-
1: I was dabbling in the cutting quite a bit. I, in fact, I, I got, so I... I don't know what year it was, but I get—I uh, guess when Cowboy was a four-year-old, I was showing a lot of cutters, and uh, I had a lot of cutters. And you know that the hard part about being in Oregon and having cutters is it's really hard with cattle. You know, it's so wet. I mean, they're mm-hmm. they're standing in the mud up to their bellies all the time. You know, and uh, that's probably what slowed me down on the cutters because I had to have, you know, so many cattle, and uh, it wasn't wasn't easy on on the cattle up there and stuff but uh
3: did you have an indoor at yam hill yeah i had an indoor you almost had to do you had you to you had to yeah yeah not yeah. for the cover but for the ground yeah you because um, you wouldn't have any dry ground to do anything if you no, didn't you, huh? wouldn't.
1: you wouldn't yeah but then uh i guess in the early 90s i started going to the world show 90s or 80s god i can't even remember First, first world championship I won was in the cut and the second world championship I won was in the cut and uh, and I started I started doing the super horse deal and all that stuff it was in the 80s I, I guess God I got to think about that 81 was my first world championship mm. and uh, I won the super horse in '86 and the world show was really what, a what big horse deal was in, that in 86 uh, Smoke-a-Mokey. Uh, J.D. Yates and I showed him together. And I think to this very day, he's the only super horse that was a world champion in three events and a reserve world champion in two. He Jeez. did five events. Wow. Yeah. yeah, it was pretty unheard of. And he was just a big old plain-headed bay gelding. <laughs> really? He was just a cool... He was a full brother to Leonard Milligan. Did you ever hear Leonard Milligan? He was a stud that... I don't know. King Ranch owned, I think. Mm. But... Uh, and he was a super horse, also, I think there are only two full brothers that ever wanted but huh. uh but he was he was he was fun. We had customers from uh Anchorage, Alaska that owned him, and it was a lot of fun, but uh you know world show was a big deal then and and then i got I got into the snaffle bitters a lot, you know, showing a lot of cow horses and uh I started showing. A lot of rainers. I was showing a lot of rainers. Yeah,
3: when did that start? Because when I came along, you were big in the raining. Yeah. And and the cow horse, but but really big. Be quiet now. Hey, hey. (laughs) Kristen Cushing be sneaking around here. You never (laughs) know who's going to show up in the old DT Horses (laughs) sponsor lounge.
0: (laughs) You can speak up. It's the sheriff's wife. You can sit down and visit if you want.
1: Uh. Well, let's see. I got to think about all that stuff. In 94, I won Todd Bergen, John Slack. I think Robbie Boyce were working for me at that time. Oh, I had the dream team. Man. Yeah, I had the motley that's crew. Yeah, power. I had the dream team. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they were working for me then and I won the Reign and Fraternity in 94. I was, the first year I went to the Reign of Fraternity, once again, I was horrible. <laughs> uh, I think it was in 91. I went there with the first year and I was terrible. And, uh, and then the, I had Boomer Nick for 92, and I sold him to Brett Stone, and Brett Stone won the fraternity in 92. I went on a horse in 93, and I was a reserve champion in 93. I won it in 94. Todd Bergen won it in 95, and John Slack won it in 96. We, I mean, we, we rolled them now. I mean, we rolled them pretty heavy there for a few years. And uh, and it was
0: that was a it was quick ascent. Thing. Yeah, that was a Man. very quick ascent because you're talking about going there and sucking in '91. Oh yeah, and like '90s. Other
3: ears, you can take them off. Now that we know uh, that we can uh, hear you either uh, okay. way. Yeah, yeah. yeah, your ears look better with them on. That's Extra whole head.
1: <laughs> uh, I can I can hear you better with them on, really. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I I I usually would go and lick my wounds really quick and figure out how to do it right. That's yeah. kind of what I would do, you know.
0: Because by '97, you were sure enough, big enough deal that I mean, I remember in high school I had to do a computer program or whatever, and I did something about results, and I listed you were on my, you were on my list mm-hmm. of like I had to, I made some computer program up about, I don't know, like, tabulating scores or something, uh. and that was some assignment we had, mm. and we had to come up with our own thing. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's that's pretty quick to the top. Well,
1: the '91, it was really, it was a wreck, but it really wasn't a wreck because. I showed a uh, Doc's Hickory gilding that year, and I was reserve champion at the snaffle bit on him. I took him, and I, you wouldn't do this. <laughs> I wouldn't do it again either. But I took him to the world show, and I won the junior cow horse on him straight up in the bridle. <gasps> As a three-year-old? As a three-year-old. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Smoky Pritchett was one of the judges, and he told me after, he says, I couldn't figure out what the hell you were doing, <laughs> <laughs> but he was really good, and everything was going really good. So I stayed over for the random fraternity and showed him there. Well, he ran off with me. Then. <laughs> <laughs> I like, eh. Maybe a little maybe too I long. Little too maybe I pushed it a little too far. Maybe a little too far. Oh yeah, but you know, I mean, hey, if you don't have a wreck once, so you never learn anything. <laughs> yeah. Right? So that's kind of how I got that done, and then uh, then I started, you know, the Rainers, and and you know, I uh, I kind of I always kind of wanted to. When I went to the Snaffle Bidders, you know, Greg was the hero, one of the heroes, Greg Ward, and uh, I just kind of wanted to clean up everything, you know, have prettier horses, maybe have, have them brushed, you know? <laughs> uh, and that's kind of what I did there, you know. I mean, we kind of brought that look to the rain, the Snaffle bit horses. You know? It wasn't there we before you the, came. No, and it, we brought it to the rainin too. I mean, oh really oh yeah I mean was the it the same way it was the same exact way I mean bill wow. horn, bill horn and Paul horn and stuff I mean they you know just jerked their saddle off throw it in the corner and you know and, uh, I don't even know if they knew what split boots were oh uh, b you know so we were the ones that uh it kind of changed the reining horse industry as we know it today you know and and I mean I'm not trying to brag about it, but I mean it was it was something we did do. You know, we brought the we brought the cow horse bred horses there, you know. And uh, I mean I wanted on a son of smart little Lena, you know. And uh and then we uh we took and uh you know, just brought the the class to it. We just classed it all up. So well, speaking
0: of that, you bring a smart little Lena in there to win that. If they'd had their nomination program in place at that time, they'd never it. been there.
1: No, probably not. Well, and Boomernick went there. He was by Remineck. He wouldn't have got no, to go was, there either.
0: Been a bunch of them. Been a bunch you of know, them. Smart like Juice. Mm-hmm. Shoot, there's been a bunch of them. Right. And I don't know. I, it, it seems like when they did that, it kind of closed it. That was kind of part of the deal that kind of just closed them off to themselves, is what it I seems so. like. I so think far as the bloodlines too. go. You mean? Yeah. And people.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. I I don't, you know, I, I don't know if I can really say much about it, but I think you're right. I don't I don't think it was a great deal.
0: Yeah, I know. I showed I mean, two it, there that I showed at Snafflebit, and they were not entered at the Rand fraternity until after the Snafflebit fraternity. Right. And I made finals on both of them. But the horses ain't going now. I mean, that's not even a, I mean, it doesn't even no, cross. It's or, not It doesn't, an doesn't even option. cross your mind. It's not an option.
1: Yeah, but... They want the rainers to be the rainers, yeah. You know, and uh, and you know, I mean, like when we breed them, I mean, you know, we make sure we nominate them just in case we sell them that way. You know, so kind of have and, to. And I
0: don't bring that up to be negative towards. No, I them. I'm not either. I just I just bring that up because I think they did that when they had that growth, and I'm trying to use these some of these conversations that we're having to safeguard us and make sure that we're aware as an industry. Of things to watch out for in this period of major growth that we're experiencing uh, yeah. right now.
1: Well, and, and they're growing still. I mean, they're so it, it worked out good for them. You know, I, I'm not going to tell you that it's uh, it's what it I would captured have done. So
3: much money, yeah, by I, doing it. By yeah, it, getting it did getting them earlier.
1: Yeah, you know, it's like the NRBC and you know things like that. And uh, and because the NRBC, I mean, it's it's big. Hey, the random fraternity this year is going to pay. 250 or something? I think it's mm-hmm. 250 this year. Wow. You know? So, I mean, it's all working for them. More power to them.
0: Russell, I'm not sure who you use for your horse insurance needs, but we use Rio Pritchard with Ranch and Equine Operations. They're an insurance agency that not only specializes in equine insurance, but also offers a wide range of coverages to meet your individual needs. They've been around since 01. Rio Pritchard over there, I'm telling you, he can get you the deals. Uh, they do us a wonderful job. I mean, always, you know, he's coming with a very competitive rate and super accessible. And you have a horse gets hurt or gets sick. It doesn't matter if it's the middle of the night or you've bought one at a horse sale and you need to insurance before you go home, you call Rio and he's going to make it all work for you. I mean, the customer service is unbelievable. We've been with him now oh, about three years and It's awesome. I mean, we have, I really can't think of enough good things to say. I mean, it's just such a, I mean, nobody likes to think or talk about insurance, but he makes it so easy. You know, not going to try and big word you about it. Just tell you what's up. This is the way it's going to be. And, and it works. We've had to use a few claims and I mean, it has been such a seamless process. And he's not pushy
3: on you, just shows you the facts and lets you make decisions. So even if you don't use him, give him a shot. Yeah, let him have a shoot you a quote and see where you're at with what you
0: got. Yep, check him out on Facebook there at uh, Ranch and Equine Operations Horse Insurance.
3: What was it like when you? When did you? What was it like at the raining? What's the difference between the rain now and when you first went?
1: Um, as far as ground, everything. ground was a bunch different. The ground was just, I mean. Uh, You know, we don't know how fortunate we are in the cow horse and in the raining to have Kaisers, basically. They they changed our world. They changed everything, you know. Yep. Um, We went to the snaffle bit Fresno one year, and we had to stay up. I don't know if you were there. We had to stay up all night long and pick rocks in the arena one night, Mm -hmm. you know, and uh, you know, stuff like that. But uh, the raining was much different. I mean, it was just hard old ground, you know, that just, they just skate along on and stuff, you know, and. I mean, you cripple half of them, or you know, if you didn't watch out, and uh, but they've changed everything, you know. So
0: I've got a video a DVD at the house there, and it's all the champions I think from '85 to 2000, and maybe shoot up to 2008, I think. <clears throat> and it's real interesting to watch the evolution. It's all in the same arena. Sure, it's all in Oklahoma it City, is. but the ground the ground's black. Mm-hmm. Like completely black, and the judges are just standing over there by the fence, and then first couple, yeah. and then it, really? and then they get chairs, and then they get judges stands, and the grounds changing colors, mm-hmm. and it's 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 a neat process, it's a neat deal to watch just to yeah, go it through, really is. and you see the you see the ups and downs too of the judging because like you know it's like a nineteen wins, a nineteen wins, a twenty one wins, a twenty six wins. Mm-hmm. A 19 wins. Yeah. A 20, and it, and it just kind of stair steps, you know, yeah. like you can just almost see the evolution and the judging in it too. It's it's a neat little history lesson, really. Yeah, it really is.
1: It. Yeah, I've seen those, and it is cool to watch, you know.
0: Did you see the sliders and the shoeing
3: come in, or was it always there?
1: I think when we first started, I mean, we really, you know, I mean, have a slider, you took a regular keg shoe and flipped it upside down, you know. That's oh. basically how you had a slider and uh and you know then it's you just see it all evolve and I mean like the shoers today they're just incredible you know I mean we have one that rents a a duplex from us on our place and I mean he has got in a range of two miles he's got over 250 head of horses he shoes and I'm gonna say I'll bet there ain't I'll bet there's none of them under $200 a pop you know and uh he's really good so it's it's fun to see you know how they did it and i mean it's they've helped all of us you know but no i mean it was you know like i got my first endorsement in 1988 and it was professional choice i didn't even know what splint boots were before then
0: i don't (laughs) think a lot of people did yeah that's what i was gonna bring up i think i mean you were a huge part of that movement i mean was that was the first thing i ever saw well shoot looks like you gotta have these boots yeah why? What are they for? <laughs> right. Well, why, why don't they just
1: not hit They themselves? weren't born with them. <laughs> yeah, really. You kind of wanted to go, well, if they slap themselves enough, they'll get their legs they'll out of the way. They'll move. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's like, I mean, uh, we've come so far, it's just incredible, you know? It's been fun to see how far we've come, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, That. Did
3: you still rope all the way through, Roped Bobby? all the way through.
1: Yeah. Roped all and, the way
3: through. And st- Trained some rope horses and Mm -hmm. showed some, probably AQHA.
1: Yeah. Uh, When I worked for my dad, we made the very first Supreme Champion mare in the world. And a Supreme Champion is a horse that is a top AAA runner that goes in, and they have to have halter points and performance points in two different divisions. And, I mean, there's to this very day, I mean, I saw one got made here not too long ago. You hardly ever see them. You know, and we made the the very first mare that was ever made. Wow! They, they, it was a trip. I mean, she was a. I think she had a speed date, speed index of like 106 or something. And I mean, I think you only need a 92 speed index to be triple A. You know, and she run like. And they're they're hard to do. I mean, they you back them in the box, they have flashbacks. <laughs> yeah, that's
0: what I was thinking. <laughs> Whoa. No, hoping nobody rings a bell.
1: No. Yeah. <laughs> oh. oh. But, uh, yeah, I've roped all along. I mean, I still rope, and, I mean, I rope because I like to rope, you know. And for a while, it was a big part of my business, and now it is just, uh, you know, I mean, I'll make one or two rope horses a year and sell them, and I just like doing it. You know, I like to rope. Mm Mm-hmm. always have, so. And it's come in really handy because, you know, the world's greatest horseman and stuff like that, you know. I mean, I never, when I When I was young, I never thought it would involve that, you know, but, uh, yeah. In fact, you know what the gal that does my social media just put a picture of, uh, Doc's Missy command on Facebook yesterday. It was a flashback Friday or something like that. I don't know. And it was me winning the all around contest on her in red bluff, California. And that was what, that was the world's greatest horseman before before it was the world's greatest horseman. You know, it used to be at long beach. I mean, Greg won it before Greg Ward and, so it was fun. I I'd, I hadn't seen that picture in years, you know, and she right. just put it on there yesterday. So uh, fun stuff, you know. But.
0: So what about the changes? And, and a lot of us don't know anything about that all-around stock horse. before our time. But the changes that you've seen in the world's greatest, since it was that to when it was a standalone event there at the Lazy E, when they first named it, world's greatest to what it has become into now what do you see there and i mean how much difference is it? Is it really i mean
1: well when i was a kid i used to go and watch long beach which were that's where it started and it was a rain cow horse deal and you could get somebody else to ride your horse in the open you could hire really? a, and they would hire the guns to come in and ride the horses and stuff but they still weren't very good. I mean, <laughs> like, you know, they'd run out there and stick their front end in the ground and Tom. stuff like that, yeah. yeah. But, uh, I, you know, I don't know. I, I just, when it went to the lazy, you know, uh, Teddy Robinson won the first year. I won the second year. Um, there were some pretty wicked horses there the first, first couple of years there. I mean, it was like, I mean, I don't remember all of them, but there was some pretty wicked horses there, you know. So it's... There's getting more of them. I think the good ones are still; they were as good then as they are now. But there's just more of them now, you know. Um, and I, I watched people. I watched people get horses ready for it, and they. Uh, it seems like the people that uh, are specialty in their field, they take that one part of it for granted. Oh, screw up there. Right. That's... You know, right? Exactly. I mean, we watched Robbie Schroeder miss there. We watched Bobby Lewis miss there. And I mean, these are great ropers. Yeah. You know? and uh, we,
3: watch I, Matt, we watched Matt Budge, first out of the herd, cut the same cow twice. <laughs> that was a good cow. <laughs> <laughs> when we watched Casey Deary... Yeah, in the rainbow off, off course. Spin off off pattern. Yeah. I mean, it just... Uh, the, the, i believe you're, that you're right perfectly I mean, it,
1: and i i remember going to that thinking you know from the very beginning i just i took everything so serious every event was so serious you know like all my rope all the horses i roped on in there i never turned the steer on ever i never to this very day i never turned the steer on i might have healed on him but i never turned the steer on him because you know i watched jd take uh Oh, Nelly Murphy's great! Bald, bald, shiny. Shiny. bald and shiny. I remember him going to the Lazy. That's first or second year we were there, and he runs out and just rips this thing's head off, you know. And bald and shiny takes his left leg and starts his shoulder and starts going like that. And it didn't go much, but I mean JD was all mad about it. And I said JD, you can't do that here, you know. But he'd been roped on so much, that, so much, you know, and you just can't do that. And uh, it's a. Uh, it's it's the best event in the world to ever win. Am I wrong?
3: I'm with you 100% uh, there.
1: And it was the most challenging, and it's the event that you can be a hero one moment and a zero the next. Just gone. <laughs> it goes it just, fast. You are One gone. little puff of a barrier. Yeah, this uh, year.
3: This God. year. <laughs> two years in a row yeah, for I had, you. I
0: had a little flick, flick of a foot this year and a puff of a string last year. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah it's... Boy, it's that kind of event. Oh, but it's the you it's event a... you want to win the most of any. Oh. Of it.
0: Yeah. I'm gonna yeah. tell you what it's the funnest event that you can go to and get your butt whipped.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I'll tell you that. I and, mean, and, and, still wanna and still right. want to go yeah. back. you Still want to go back. Exactly. Yeah, it's very true. Very true. But uh, and you know, I, I just it's great to see it get as big as it's gotten, and you know, but uh, I never knew if it would grow as much as it has, because there's very few people that can do all the events. And then, if you find the guys that can do it, there's very few horses God that can have the do it. Horse, yeah. yeah, you know, but uh,
3: it's it's very impressive to see the growth that's going on in it right now, mm-hmm. it especially is. with limiting it, which is the beauty of it, is limiting it to one horse per huh. rider. Yeah, because it's such a great chance for uh, something just like me to get a, a to it's such a breakout event if you can go do good there. Yeah. yeah. You is. have a better shot because every, all the greats only have one horse and you have one horse. Yeah. Um, so that would stifle that stifles a growth a lot, but right. still but it, it we're hitting sense. 50 and 60. And I mean, yeah. it is a blast. Yeah.
1: You know, when I first started going to the snaffle bit, Bob Ingersoll, which one our one of our judges here, mm-hmm. he was the king of the Cowboys. And, uh, I remember one year he had eight head in the finals and I can remember the announcer at the end of the day going his last run. They said, now there's a man that's earned his (laughs) living today. (laughs) And I'm thinking, my God, I mean, can you imagine getting eight of them ready? 24
0: runs in that day. Unbelievable. Isn't it?
1: Isn't that unbelievable? Yes. You know, but you know, that's the difference between the snaffle bit and the, you know, world's greatest horseman. You can only show one there, you know? Yeah. But uh, I remember.
3: One shot, one mistake, and you're yeah, gone.
1: Yeah. I mean, some of those guys, when I started the staff, it they hauled a lot of horses in there. Greg Ward used to show a slew of them. Oh. I mean, I don't even remember how many he showed, you know. Staggering. Yeah. Last vote showed a bunch of a them. A bunch. You know, stuff. But uh, I, never, I never showed very many. I mean, I think four is the most I ever showed, or three or something like that. But uh,
0: I think that's the recipe. I've shown five, yeah. and, man, and it's. Man, five five easy ones is a lot. Yeah, I don't know if you can do them justice. Really, I don't think you know. so. I didn't. I didn't like it. I say three. Uh, three's kind of my magic number. Yeah, I think it is too.
1: And and you know the Raynards kind of figured that out too. They limit it. You can't show more than that. And I think it's probably a good thing they did. You know, but I know the Snaffle Bitters. You show three of them, you know, you've worked that week or ten mm-hmm. days or two weeks or whatever it is. Yeah. So, but. Uh,
3: yeah. What did you um did you see the the raining explode from when you first went?
1: Um and what caused it? Was it was big. It was big. It was always big. For- I saw the money explode. You know. Oh. I mean the year I wanted it paid paid 100,000. I I don't know uh
3: was it always on the west coast, Bobby?
1: I the, mean, you're in you're raining. in
3: Oregon, yeah. You're in Oregon, and I was I kind of felt feel like it started more in the east. Oh, it was
1: it? it was the east coast. Period. It started at the Congress. Yeah, and uh, before I went to Oklahoma City, but it was always the east coast. You know, I mean, uh, there was uh, there wasn't a lot of us from the west coast that ever went there until you know the mid eight, '90s. There was a couple, you know i mean, todd crawford went there before and um there was you know there was a couple people that went there but not not very many you know well, he was from back there yeah, too he's yeah he's from there yeah but uh there wasn't a lot of them that went you know i went before i went i had a lot of rainers and i showed a lot of rain infantry but just not that one and then I, I would sell them, Brett Stone would buy them from me all, every year. I mean, I, I probably made more money selling them every year than I did anything else. And then I got, I got to crawl up my rear to go do it. So I went and did it. So, but,
3: uh, so what made the money explode in it?
1: You know, I think it's a it's an event that's worldwide. Uh-huh. You know, the cow horse, there's some places you can't do it because of cattle. You can't work cattle and stuff. Uh, The rainers worldwide, uh, more people can ride a rainer than they can ride a cow horse. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, you know, it's funny to listen to the the cutters and stuff. You know, a lot of the cutters want to poo-poo the the cow horse. You know what? It's a lot tougher riding a cow horse than a cutter. I mean, there's no doubt about it, you know. And, uh, but, uh, I I think it's just because more people can do it.
3: About When did the when did you see the money change? When did they get worse so much? I think it was the horses. Uh, Yeah, and and, the payouts and the shows.
1: The the payout was good. I mean, when I was when I first started, I think it was a hundred thousand at that time.
3: So it was been big since you were young. Mm -hmm. The raining was
1: yeah, but the the price of rainers has just been the last uh, ten years. Uh, Yeah. i've even seen that
3: yeah just through the rough and what's the cause how did they get it to do that
1: i think that just it's it's a worldwide event you know it's promotion just
3: more demand yeah for a limited amount everybody can do
1: it you can take you can take anybody and stick them on a rainer or a cutter cow horses i mean it's a tough event it takes some dedication. It does take some dedication. It's a tough event. I mean, that's why it is what it is. That's why it's so good, mm-hmm. you know? But, uh, I mean, look, there's a lot of people that tried to make it in the cow horse that couldn't make it to go do other events. They do the raining or they do the cutting and stuff like that, mm-hmm. you know? So, but it's a, it's definitely a fun event, you know? I mean, it's... It it's, sure
3: gets uh, its hooks in you.
1: Oh, God, yeah. It's a fun <laughs> event, yeah. <laughs> You get your hooks in your back, too, by the time you're in the <laughs> <running. laughs> <laughs> oh. But, uh, yeah, my back's a little better now that I don't go down the fence anymore. So. So it's a little I tough tell you what, you.
0: that rain work is harder on me than anything on my darn back. Is it? Oh, I don't know why. I don't know if I don't do it enough. probably don't do it enough. So when I do it, it jars the heck out of me. You clench too much. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah i don't know
1: <laughs> the, the, the circles bother me running and stop really? it doesn't turn around doesn't circles bother me a little bit you know. oh really yeah just my back you know because mm-hmm. i think you run crooked when you're on the left lead or on the right lead you're you're tweaked around so
0: yeah the only thing that gets me I'm running and stop the one that gets me is like when you're starting them colts up into the fence and they give you that little lead change Whack. check front right end move the as fence. they're just figuring out how to get up in there. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, that yeah. one, will, that one tears me up. That, that's a call and for ice. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Left, right hit. <laughs> <laughs> right.
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So you got to be, uh, you guys were involved with the Yellowstone shoot some here yeah. season year or two ago. Tell us a little bit about how, what that experience I mean. was like.
1: Nice. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of work. You know, I mean, you do it over and over and over and over again, you know. Uh, Dana and I went up there, and I did the commentary at the high roller on Saturday night. And then we took and went. uh, She had the truck and trailer loaded up and sandwiches in there. We drove home Saturday night. Sunday, I got my Roan gilding out. We were just building our place over here. I got my Roan gilding out and went and uh, worked a cow at, at Al Dunning's. And uh, then we drove up Monday morning. It's like a 12 hour drive and Tuesday morning, got up and filmed for 12 hours. So it was it was a lot of work. I mean, it's like they make you do it over and over and over, no matter how good it is. Like they'd look at you and go, well, that's really good. Do it, why? it again. Why are, why are we doing it again then, you know? <laughs> but that's how they do that stuff, you know? And it was interesting, it was fun to do and um, everybody was very nice, you know,
0: was that your acting debut? Uh,
1: no, I was in a couple of commercials over the years, you know, but, uh, but that, that kind in a yeah. movie. Yeah. That was really heroes uh, and was, friends. Well, heroes and friends. Yeah. That was a different deal. But, uh, but yeah, it was, uh, it was fun. You know, it was fun. I, I'm not going to tell you I'm cut out to do it all the time,
0: All right, but it was fun doing it. What about, did you ever think you would see, you know, they're doing that run for the million to be 60,000 to the winner. For one cow down the fence. For the runoff. You, oh, for the runoff, runoff for, for the cow-horse deal. Yeah. Cow-horse challenge. Yeah. Is that what they're going to pay the winner? Yeah. 60, and 000. then it pays deep. Pays 12 of 15 holes. Well, it pays holes. every 12 of 15 holes. Yeah. yeah. 12 of uh, Pays 12 15. holes, yep, mm. of the 15 invited. Yeah. But 60000 for one cow down the fence. Better be a good cow, huh? Oh, you know. <laughs> <hope. laughs> Come on, draw.
3: Hey, that's going to be a little bit more like a one-steer rodeo. Yeah. everyone's thrown from the back of the box. Yeah, because that because just one team has to make it stick.
1: Yeah, it's uh that's about the way it's getting anymore too. You know, and I, I'm not I'm not gonna tell you that I think that's great because I think we're losing. I lot know of I'm our, with you. You know, but you know, like like you say the the roping's really a good example of that. I mean, you watch some of these headers. I mean, my God, those horses their wither has not crossed the line. It's unbelievable. Throw throw. Yeah. And when it works, they look like a hero, and then the rest of the time, they just go the next one. You know, yeah. You know? And I think I, I think we're seeing a little bit of that in our cow horse. You know, like, uh, you know, some of it, I mean, they tap them twice in the back fence and go. And, well, if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But, you know, there's not a lot of control there anymore, you know? I've and, never
0: been able to make a big run out of that. I know guys that have. Yeah. Some of them might be sitting across the table from me. But or at least one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. I've never been able to put a force on it. Yeah.
1: Well, it'd be interesting to see how people do it there, you know? Yeah. So it'll be it'll be it'll be good watching. You know.
3: Well, a little bit of there will the one difference, the one good thing is it does pay deep. So it will make you think, "Hey, I don't just have to be first. That is a good thing I think for the sh- for this sport like you're saying to make them more good runs look good mm-hmm. is when it pays deep it's not like hey i've got to be a 75 or i'm getting nothing yeah it's hey i can be a 73 and it still pays 15 20 thousand yeah that's that's good and that'll make them not force what they don't want to do no I
0: won't did you <laughs> <laughs> did you watch this bridal class the other night were yeah. you here for that we did you, watch it what did you think about that
1: well, I thought it was pretty wicked. Cattle are wicked. I mean, cattle are tough.
3: Yeah. Well, when the cattle are tough, it's just the way it is.
1: It's just the way it is. I mean, nobody had a choice on how you are going to do it the other day. No. I mean, the cattle were just tough, you know. And, I mean, when the the spectacular runs were spectacular and the rest of them were not, you know. Uh-huh. So, anyway. But uh, I thought it was a great class, you know. It
3: sure makes it good watching.
1: Yeah, it does. It does. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that that is in Vegas. You know, I mean, everything's always good in Vegas, so. Yeah. yeah it's a great place to go, and people love it and everything else.
0: So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited to see what kind of a spectator turnout we get. I mean, you've seen what they had the last time when they did that run for the million deal. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know if we'll fill it up that much, but I bet it's I close. Know, but I'll bet
2: they you come close.
3: The, I don't know if I'm supposed to say that. <laughs> I know they've sold a lot of tickets well, they, already. <laughs> the tickets <laughs> they up sold just them. the other day, yeah. and they sold a lot of them already. Yeah, like, like you need to hurry and get them.
1: Yeah. Well, wow. that's cool. You know. Yeah. I
3: mean, it's so, because you're kind of wondering, you know, all the COVID crap and all that, or is it going to be down? Is it going to be this? Are they going to buy the tickets? Well, they popped the box office open, and it's not going to be down.
1: Yeah.
3: And well, that's good news.
1: We go to Vegas for a horse show at the first of the month, and I think it's kind of opened up now.
3: Mm. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That'd be good.
3: See you at Michael's.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I created a monster there. (laughs) (laughs) He did it. (laughs) I did. He did do it. I created a monster, yeah. That's a great place. Unbelievable. Michael's Restaurant, South Point Casino.
3: Oh, my Lord. If you're not even hungry... That's where you go have a drink. It's the best drinks in the. Oh, the, nothing's close. They're more expensive, but, but they're, they're worth it.
0: it. Beautiful. Yeah, you,
3: yeah. It, they're they're cheaper than five of the drinks outside.
1: And they're they're good. <laughs> they do treat you good. Have you eaten there? I haven't. Oh boy.
0: Oh
3: no. no. It's, I've walked by the door. It's it's
0: something it's that a you dining don't experience. It's I wouldn't have
3: believed that before, but it, it's something that I look forward to. Every year, yeah. I feel like to, I never have, have time the, there for a
0: dining experience when I'm at that horse show. Yeah. yeah,
3: well, when it's over and we're smoked, that's where we go for right. the last meal. <laughs> <Good
2: stuff. laughs> I made
3: my wife go there, she was not gonna go, not gonna go. And we went, and you just think about that meal all year.
2: Oh,
3: we went like this last time for sea bass. I've never, I still I cannot been. believe how good that was.
1: Yeah, it's unbelievable. It's a and you could go in there and not order an entree and be full. Full. <laughs> I'm starting you so to stuff.
3: learn to pace myself a little.
1: Yeah.
3: Because I yeah, almost you said make it to the room. <laughs> yeah. When they bring that chocolate-covered fruit at the end, yeah. I can't not eat it.
1: They need to bring a, a big tub of ice so you can put your feet in <laughs> You want to founder? <laughs> oh, it's a great place. It's a great place, you know? Yeah.
0: So personal question, I have to, well, it's not really a personal question, but uh, whose idea was it to do the Ride with Bob magazine back in the day? And did you have any, how much feedback have you gotten off of that over the years? Unbelievable.
1: Um, I don't think it was my idea, to tell you the truth. There was a publishing company in Colorado that did spin to win, and and then they wanted to do the Bob deal. And uh, we, I think we had just done uh, Heroes and Friends, the first Heroes and Friends. And um, they approached me on that. And, uh, and I told them, I said, I would do it as long as it can, everything in it is truthful. No bull in it. I mean, it, we did articles in it. We did articles that really told people how to do it, and it was correct. You know, I had uh, people guest articles in there, and I told them, said hey if it don't work don't do it and and it was great i mean it went to colleges all over mm-hmm. the country and everything else and uh the guy that um owned the publishing company his two kids ran the company and one was embezzling money and that's oh <laughs> that's why he quit. It. <laughs> yeah. it's like you know i'm thinking man, everybody in the country is getting this thing. Why isn't it making more money? It's like <laughs> making it was making a bunch. Well, I, was, I was making good money off of it, but it wasn't making what it
0: was supposed it was to. Supposed to you know, so. Well, I know that was some of my first exposure to some formal training as far as the cow horse went, really. I remember there was a deal in there, and it was explaining the different divisions. I was talking about the 2 rain, And like, 2 And in the app deal, everybody did the cow. Everybody did the working cow horse. That did it. Usually used split reins for the most part. Yeah. And so when I'm looking at it, and I'm like, you can only show in split reins for one year. That's weird. <laughs> My mom's like, "What are you talking about? I'm like, what says right here? You can ride in two reins for one year. You're only eligible for the one year. And you thought split reins were two reins. It was two it reins." Was two reins. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: and he
3: reproduced. <laughs>
0: well, that's what I thought is a good
3: bottom side, I yeah. hope.
0: Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's a horseshoe brat from the Midwest. I don't know nothing about it, you know. I mean, shoot, I'm sure I'm not the only one that thought that. But uh, yeah, no, so that yeah, that magazine, I don't know, that magazine impacted me a lot. It was great. It was
1: uh, it was great to do, you know. Uh, the heroes and friends deals were That's unbelievable. Right? And what, whose where whose idea how was did that? that come? Yeah. Uh, Cam Essex and myself came up with that. Uh, Cam is the one that does all the promotional Uh stuff for the studs that you guys do. Yep. And um, we came up with that. And so we wanted to have two very, uh, I don't want to say old guys, but
0: two guys that were established.
1: Established. (laughs) Established. And then we wanted to get two young guns in there so we could capture the whole audience you know that was our idea and we could sell to everybody and so we got teddy robinson and myself and john slack and todd bergen and um we decided that it was my i guess it was my part of that i told him i said if we're going to do this i want to do it and i want to knock their socks off i said i want because i'd seen so many uh, people were starting to do how-to videos and stuff, you know, and they were t- terrible. They were terrible. I mean, you know, you got one gal sitting there with a, a video camera in her hand, and she's got a dog biting her leg going, you know, get this damn dog up. she got a kid screaming, you know, <laughs> and she's videoing her husband, you know, and that's about the way it was like. And I said, I want to do it. I want to just knock their socks off. So we went, and we hired a Hollywood film crew, and uh, we had uh, – people doing makeup and everything else and we got some bloopers of teddy that were great (laughs) uh, so we uh we decided to do the first one in las vegas at uh gaunt's ranch there out there they they leased us their ranch to do it in and so the film company came up there and they uh they put a robotic camera in the ceiling up there this was before you know this was quite a while ago i mean yeah. And they mounted a robotic camera in the ceiling of this thing and we brought horses and I mean there was some there were some great horses in those videos. I mean horses that were great horses before they were great horses, you sure. know. And uh and they had uh, gaunts somehow I think they owned one of the great buck and bulls.
3: Gaunts. Gaunts from yeah. the yeah, yeah, uh yeah. Uh I can't remember which one but
1: they did. But they had a bunch of his calves there. And that's where we worked. <laughs> and they were great till they pissed them <laughs> Oh My god. Wolfman I think. I oh, think it was Wolfman. Was it really? I think him? it I think it was now don't nobody call in here and tell me I'm wrong but I think it was. And I mean these calves would come out, and we'd work them and I mean they'd have enough of us. It was like <laughs> you know, and they'd run you out of the rain you know but we sold uh we sold tickets to it and we filmed it and um it was really a hit it was we they were packaged really cool and uh we had spent like eighty thousand dollars putting this thing on and we're all kind of going you know and uh, i think it paid for itself the first 30 days we marketed them you know and and then we went on, and we did the second one, and the second one was at my ranch in Oregon, and uh, we got a, the movie crane that they filmed the Titanic with, and it was in the port of Portland, getting ready to be shipped for the Summer Olympics to Australia, and it was sitting there, and it had to sit there for a couple weeks, so we somehow, Cam got a hold of that, and they... Uh, we we got it for like ten grand for two days or something. And that was just a steal, you know. And they brought it out there, and this thing was all done with weights, you know. This camera with robotic camera was over our arena, and it was done with weights. And I mean, this thing would sit there and just like we'd be riding, you'd be going. And they go, you can't look up at it, <laughs> but that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we'd turn a horse around, and this the camera would come right down right above us. your head, you know, and stuff like that. And it was really fun, you know. Cool. But, uh, but they were, they were really, they were ahead of their time. I mean, they were, they were fun. You know, we d- we accomplished what we wanted to accomplish. You know, we wanted it. We wanted the filming to be perfect. We wanted the packaging to be perfect. And um,
0: can you still order those? No, you
1: can't. You can't. I, we. I own Heroes and Friends now. I bought them everybody out, and uh, I actually took them off the market because it, you know, the shelf life on them is only so long, and then they kind of just peter out, you know, and stuff like that. And so I, uh, I just took them off the market, you know. And
0: um, I'd be time for a re-release.
1: I, I thought about
0: doing a new one,
1: you know. i I've, I've thought about it, and I just it was a lot of work. <laughs>
0: Well, well yeah. you might just re-release the old one.
1: Uh, yeah, I guess you could do it, you know, but I don't know if it would be the same.
0: be interesting. Yeah. I remember I've watched them, but I'd, I'd like to like go back and just classic, watch them again. Yeah.
1: yeah, they were they were fun to do, too, and we were sitting down there at the barn. They were putting makeup on us, and <laughs> this makeup <laughs> gal was sitting there doing Teddy, and she'd do him a little bit, and she'd stand back and look at him, and she'd do a little bit, and she'd stand back and look at him. She'd shake her head and do a little bit more. <laughs> and finally, she comes over to him and, and she kind of planned this. She's got a paper bag with a happy face drawn on it. <laughs> and she just puts it right over his head. <laughs> but, uh, you know, oh, it was fun. It was fun, you know. It was just, we did, we did, we had a great time doing it, you know. And we had bloopers that were just unbelievable. I mean, we'd go down the fence and Teddy almost fell off once, and, you know. John, John, he did something stupid too. I forget what it was. But <laughs> we had a great time doing it, you know. And uh, I think we even released some of the bloopers one time on I our. I think, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think so. Yeah, but that uh, was fun stuff. And it was really educational too, you know. But it was always fun.
3: So at that time, I was just kind of going. And that was. One of the few things Bob Loomis had a training video out mm-hmm. that I bought, he and was. then that came. But Bob Loomis was all raining. Yeah, there was no, there was nowhere to go for for that for what you guys did for the cow horse right. and all the raining and everything in with it. Um, I, it was I thought it was groundbreaking.
2: Yeah,
3: at the time, you know, there we got the um, rain cow horse online. And we got all that stuff, and there's a lot more. Seems to me like there's a lot more clinics and stuff now. At that time, there wasn't.
1: No, there a wasn't. ton. No,
3: you could go get lessons, maybe, but oh, that's, it that's, wasn't that's, as available when you guys came out with that thing. It was.
1: Oh, it sold! My God, it sold! It was unbelievable. I mean, it was. You know, we didn't. We didn't even handle the shipping on it. It was so.
3: So big, so and big, it yeah. And p- not only that, but. <laughs> You forget, video's not even that big no, yet. Whatever. I mean, it's new. Betamax is maybe just over, mm-hmm. and VHS is <laughs> well, finally VHS ta- was
0: strong taken, when that came out.
3: I know, but I mean, well, wasn't that VHS is strong, but it, there was a time there where, where you weren't even sure if there was going to be beta and VHS and then VHS 1, and it was mm-hmm. all pretty new. Yeah, I don't even know what beta is.
1: Sorry. Oh, well. <laughs> well don't even look at him <laughs>
0: he's like vh what
3: the fact yeah. that it was a video isn't all it's the fact that it's a training video on a medium that is just basically not is young very young I'm not saying it's just getting started but vhs is not established Just it's not just hardcore yet. You guys were on the front end of some new stuff there. That's what made it so
1: epic. We Um, did some very cool things. You know, we did clinics too, Mm -hmm. the four of us, and we did one at the uh, the old Coliseum in Fort Worth. You know, and that was fun. You know, that was done well, and and uh, we did one. uh, We did one in Vegas where they have the guys that fight with the swords and stuff. Oh, What's yeah, yeah. Yeah, it? Excalibur. Medieval Excalibur Excalibur. Yep. We did one in Excalibur, too, and that was fun. And I mean, like, it was fun to see the people that came to it. I mean, like, we had the clinicians. I mean, all the clinicians were there. And I mean, like, you know, I mean, they were sitting there taking notes and everything else you're going to ride around sitting there, you know. And it was fun because we were going down the fence in, the, in that arena. And it's a little arena. It's mm. not very big, No. You know? But um, I remember I had one of Leslie Day's horses there, her gilding there I was using. And we decided we were going to see if we got somebody from the stands if they wanted to come and ride a cow horse. Well, we pretty much set it up. Right. And here's Leslie in the stands. Me, me, me. (laughs) So I got Leslie. I put her on her own horse. Nobody knew the difference, really. But (laughs) but everybody loved it. But uh, I know uh, John Lyons was there. Pat Perelli was there. Les Vote was there. I mean, they were all doing the, these clinics and stuff at the time, and uh, so they came to it, and and it was it was pretty fun. It was pretty fun stuff, you know. And it was it it went it was very popular. It was fun. yeah, it was. But you know, like right after we did those, I did a in the mind of a champion, and it was just a deal I did, and uh, to show you how long ago it was. We had a camera. I had this brainstorm that I wanted people to see my hand and get the feel of a horse while you're on top of it. Well, you don't have the GoPros then or anything else, you know. So here we've got this thing. We've got this thing. I mean, I've got a belt, a battery belt wrapped (laughs) around me, and I've got this camera on my hat, and we had to cut the front of my hat off because if you couldn't see your hand, you didn't get the same feeling, you know. And, um, so we did that and then I had to take all that off and put everything back on and go run the pattern all again so they could shoot it there and then shoot it here, you know, and that was, that was a trip too, you know, but it was, it turned out really good, you know, so, but, uh, it was fun doing that stuff. I enjoyed, I enjoyed being the first one to do things, you know, I enjoyed that kind of stuff, you know, so, but, uh. Like you know, Dana has been a great help of mine too. You know, I mean, I, I was married for a long time to Christy, and then we separated, and Dan and I got together, and uh, and she's been a great, great help. You know, she's she How long me. were
3: you in your first marriage?
1: Twenty-three years.
3: Holy mackerel! Really? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and I, my first wife was great, great gal. You know, we just kind of grew apart. Mm. It's no, no big deal. Yeah, we just grew I, apart.
3: I think you were. Divorced by the time I came, I don't, I don't think I ever met Christy. Yeah, I don't remember. But uh, so you had BJ pretty late, uh-huh. so you were probably he was probably what? Thir- so he's thirteen. No, he,
1: he was uh, he was like uh, sixteen or seventeen when I got divorced.
3: Mm. Yeah, so uh, how did life change a lot when you had BJ? Or, not really.
1: Uh, no, not really. I, he were, he went with me most all the time. Him and I went to the horse shows together. You know, in fact, when he was really little, his mother said he had not gone to the horse shows yet, and his mother said, "Well, you know, if you think this is so great, you take him." And I said, "Okay, I'll take him." <laughs> <laughs> How old was he
0: when you started doing that?
1: Uh, Any idea? Probably four. Four. Yeah, I can remember, remember taking him to a horse show up in Washington, and I'm thinking. Where is he? And I forget who worked mm. for me. Like, Where is he? And here he's taking a poop out by the front of my trailer. It's like, <laughs> it's like, Jesus, he's going to love to listen to this, isn't he? <laughs> but, uh, but I then told I, you I would get you a
0: shout out, B. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but he uh, he pretty much went to our shows with me all the time. He oh. he kind of basically hung out with me, you know. And then uh, when he got out of high school, I got divorced about the time he got out of high school, and for his high school graduation present, I sent him to JD's for the summer, and uh, he went up and roped with JD, and you know, and so he thought that was pretty cool. He was pretty he cool had fun there. Yeah, was and that think,
0: before, or after he won the world?
1: The- after, after he had won a couple of world championships yeah. by then. But you know, JD always roped the other ends for him at the youth finals. You know, because I, I roped with, I roped for him the weekend horse shows. It's like, you know, you don't want to go to that youth finals rope for your kid. (laughs) (laughs) They said Trevor
0: missed for his kid just the other day. Luke was telling me over there at the, yeah, in Oklahoma City the other day, Trevor Brazil missed for his kid. Yeah, that's just like, you just don't
1: want. And JD told me after, a couple years after he did it, he says, you know, he says, I have never felt so much pressure (laughs) in roping for your kid, you know? But, uh, but so that's what he did. And then, uh, one of the first memories I have
3: of BJ. Is we're at um, Oregon at oh, Matt Days, no Medford Roads, Medford, Medford, and I'm hanging around there with Mark Lewis for some reason, oh. and here comes BJ hot dog Big and he, hot dog BJ. He gets he wants to match us, yeah, on the inside playing foot horse. deal or playing yeah. horse inside foot okay. horse, and uh, no, it's just inside foot, oh, and he's. He's hammering on us to play for money, and you walk by and you're like, "Are you crazy?" I,
1: did. I remember that. And you guys took all well, his money. He just him. It's like I thought, oh god.
3: And I'm not even in Lewis's league. Yeah. When it's picking on me, I thought it wasn't that bad. But he started on Lewis. I, thought, oh, you're uh, gonna, yeah.
1: this is not going to work out. You don't play horse with Lewis now. No. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That was somebody was somebody was taking bets with Preston Williams on the dummy at Reno one year and I was like, hey uh, Go ahead. Go yeah. ahead.
1: <laughs> no kidding.
2: Oh uh, my no lord, kid. that was funny. Yeah.
3: And you know, speaking of BJ pooping in front of your truck <laughs> <laughs> There's this one time I'm at the world show and the Paskowitz Danielle has a horse with you. Yeah. So we're around we're around your tack room and stuff and I have to show her no I have to load up and go so we leave my kids with Izzy as their chaperone, um, chaperone for yeah. just a minute 15 minutes maybe at the most well you have those fake plants in your tack room and it looks so nice and that's where they, watered they peed <laughs> I come back to pick <laughs> the kids up and there they are. They got their pants at their knees and their bodies. Your the like, kids are? Yeah. Israel, you what in the world are you doing? Mm. Water the flowers. <laughs> well, Lisa wasn't on the saddles or something. Yeah. They were-
2: <laughs> Oh, God. Oh,
3: kids. Yeah, kids. Kids and dogs. Don't ever brag on them. They'll just they'll yeah. show you up. No kidding.
0: So uh, what advice do you have for uh, young parents of their kids and, like, about raising your kids and coaching your kids and just the whole the dynamics that go along with that and things to.
1: You know, I think horse shows are one of the greatest places to take kids and let them grow up at. You know, they interact with other kids. You know, they're not sitting in front of a computer all the time. Mm. And, uh, I mean, I think it's a great, great place to bring kids. And I think as your kids grow up, you need to find somebody other than yourself to teach them. You know, like I I had Donnie Bricker that worked for me when BJ was learning. I had JD, you know, and stuff. And it was like, you know, you'll get to the point it's like, oh, yeah, Dad. Yeah, dad, you know, you get all that stuff, you know, they just don't, it's just the way it is. I mean, I was probably the same way with my dad, you know, you guys probably were too, you know, and it just, if you got somebody that works for you or something to help them, they learn a lot more, you know, and they, it's better, I think.
0: Well, that's our theory around here is if you've seen them naked, don't coach them. (laughs)
1: <laughs> and that goes for wives kids whatever that's been my theory for a long time believe me yeah <laughs> you can't teach anybody anything you've seen naked so <laughs> but, uh. Uh,
3: what about for young guys with the marriages and stuff Bobby with the horse show life and it, it is, either works just, or it don't yeah, or, it works or, or
1: it it's no different than any other business you know I mean it is what it is you know you have to find somebody that really loves doing what you love doing because you're together all the time, you know, and, I mean, it's, it's tough. It's tough, you know. I mean, it's, it's a tough thing to be together to work and live with somebody, you know. But uh, when it works, it's great. You know?
0: was, was Christy showing much when you guys were married? She was
1: showing a lot when I was first married, yeah. And then she got, after BJ was born, she kind of quit showing a lot. She didn't show very much. She showed a little bit. Did she nice.
0: show in the open or the nonpro? The open. She showed in the open. Yeah. Mm.
1: yeah. And, uh, and then when BJ started growing up, him and I just, we went everywhere together, you know. And uh, she kind of stayed at home. So, and that's probably kind of what. Probably stuck, what? Yeah. It probably is. Happen. Probably is. know. Yeah. So, but.
3: Uh, it's one of those businesses where you're always together and it's hard to always be together. But if you're apart, it really is tough.
1: It's hard to be apart. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It is.
3: It almost drives you apart. Mm
1: -hmm. It seems like. Like Dana and I, we go everywhere together. You know, I mean, we're. Yeah. You know, she drives and I don't. That's lucky. (laughs) I tell everybody she drives or she tells me how to drive. (laughs) So why not just let her drive?
3: (laughs) (laughs) Why find it? Yeah.
1: So um, what
3: about? I want to talk a little bit about John Slack. Because I think he is, was one of the most gifted or one of the most talented riders. Absolutely that I've seen when um, when you brought them over and he came basically from the rain into the cow horse,
2: mm-hmm.
3: I just I saw that guy picking the fence work up so much faster than any other people that went reigning to cow horse you know mm-hmm. just that and just so much talent and so much feel and everything he did was pretty
1: well you d- i inherited john i don't know if it
3: we well, have to pause okay here on the cowhorse full conduct we take a little pause when they're dragging their taking the flag around the arena and singing the anthem. You got it. You got it.
1: And we stand up.
3: And we stand up. Yes, sir. No matter what's going on. Yep. That's
1: That's it. So you inherited John Slack. Yeah. Yeah, You know, when uh, John Slack was a kid, uh, he rode up in Washington, and uh, the guy he rode with died at a horse show. And John had kind of a funny upbringing. And he didn't have a lot of family life or anything, and he didn't ha- really have anywhere to go. And uh, so he, he, he worked and lived with Bruce Gilchrist up in Washington.
3: Oh, I've heard him.
1: Yeah, Bruce Gilchrist was a great horse trainer. And uh, so when Bruce died, uh, one of Bruce's customers uh, kind of helped Bruce run his business and stuff. She called me up and she said, hey, I don't know what to do here. I have Bruce's dog, babe. <laughs> I have Bruce's gilding. And I have John. <laughs> and I don't know what to do with him, you know? And I said, well, you know what? Just send him down. I'll take care of him. So that's how John came to me.
3: How old was he?
1: Oh, he was just uh, maybe 17 or 18. Oh, he's yeah, He was young. pretty young, yeah. I, I, I don't remember exactly, but I think he was somewhere in there. And uh, so he came down to, with me, and he had uh, green and purple hair. <laughs> you know, he's kind of a punk rocker. and uh, So... But that's how he started, and he worked for me for a long time after that. And he was, he had so much talent that it was scary. You know, I mean, he was, I'd watch him do something at home, and I'd watch him do something in the outdoor arena, and I'd go, John, what are you doing? And he'd go, oh, oh." he'd get all freaked out, you know, like he was doing something wrong. I said, you're not doing anything wrong. I just want to know what you're doing. Tell me what you're doing. He couldn't tell you. He had so much talent that he could not tell you He could just feel. He had so much feel and everything, yeah and uh, so he uh from kind of when i started doing that i'd make him tell me what he was doing just so he could verbalize what he was doing and uh and john was never a very good teacher john and todd worked for me at the same time todd was always a really good teacher john was not a good teacher he was so talented he didn't know what he was doing you know um i had a i had a horse i showed at the snaffle bit one year and I used to give them horses to show at the fraternities, the little fraternities and stuff, the random fraternities up there in Oregon, Washington and stuff. And I had one that I was showing at the staffle bit that I gave him to show at the littler fraternities up there before. And so I put all the cow on him, and he put the reining on him. Well, I take him to the staffle bit and I make the finals on him and. I- I can't hardly ride him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'd never rode him, you know? I mean, I'd, I'd got on, I mean, he'd finish doing what he's doing and I'd jump on him, work cow on him and stuff like that. So I'd make the finals on him and I, I mean, I, I'm having trouble getting him, riding him in the rain work. So I called home, I said, get him a plane ticket and get his ass down here. <laughs> and uh, he came down and everybody, at the staff of it was blown away that I brought this kid that worked for me down to get my horse ready for me. And I, I think I won like $80,000 that day. And so wow. it's like, you know what? Ego is a really bad thing. <laughs> you, <know? laughs> you put that aside when it comes to business, you yeah. know? And he came down, got him all ready. I jumped on him and showed him. He was reserve champion, you know? So, but uh, John was really, uh, he was a really good person, you know? And I really, uh, it was really hard on me when he died. You yeah. Know? So, but he was like a son to me. So he,
3: uh, you had him before he got married and oh, God, had yes. the kids and everything.
1: Oh, yeah. In fact, John went out with Todd's wife before Todd did.
3: Really? Missy. Yeah. yeah. Cause yeah.
1: Missy worked in McMinnville. Missy was from McMinnville right down by us. And uh, I think John went out with her a couple of times, not mm-hmm. not much. And, uh, and then... Uh, Todd went out with her, you know, ended up marrying. Big like, steady Eddie, yeah, yeah. So yeah, steady. <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, he was a he was a good guy. He's good hearted, loved animals. Animals loved him too. I yeah. mean, animals loved him. You know, his studs were the most ignorant things you've ever been around in your life, but they loved John. Mm. You know, I mean, he just he just you know they're kind of you know Greg Ward was kind of the same creature with his studs. You know, they chew on him, and they oh, do everything. just wouldn't stand still no. let you get on. <laughs> John was a little bit like that, too, you know? And uh, and then, uh, you know, but his, his horses, he could do anything on them. I mean, he could call,
3: could, and they would uh, say, oh, oh, we're God, here. yes.
1: He did. You know, they were good.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, they were a little hard for other people to ride, but, you know. <laughs> well, so, it's you
3: know. hard with people with so much talent sometimes mm-hmm. to ride behind them.
1: Yeah, it is. It uh, is. And I think Greg was a little bit that way. You know, I rode behind Greg a couple of times. Well, you did too. Uh huh. Yeah, but I could ride behind him pretty easy. You know,
3: um, Roger is one of those. Roger people is with very talented. Yeah, so much talent. Yeah, yeah, so much Good feel Lord. and everything. Yeah, yeah. Those people that can just do things, they just they do them. Yeah, it, it's like say it's like getting a lesson from uh, Michael Jordan and say, "How do you make that shot?" And he would say. <laughs> Put that ball in that basket. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I had a, That's a, true. A, a, my, one of my dad's best friends was a Jesse James, was a team roper. And he just, his talent was unreal. Yeah. And it, you'd say, he, how, Hey, Jesse, how you, how do you, what do I need to drop my arm? Do I need to put my elbow up this and that? And he'd say, take that rope and put it on them horns <laughs> that was it they're looking well, for people would be looking because you know he's in level he's heading for alan bach and hit in his mind it was just see it and do it
1: yeah well that's kind of what i grew up with tony i mean yes. we get back to tony, yeah. that's kind of tony's deal too you know tony used to sit there and he'd tell me let your rear end tell you when to stop and you know, I ride around <laughs> thinking, "You're still open." It's not <laughs> even talking to me. <laughs> Boy, yeah, I don't even hear my butt talking to me. You know? <laughs> it's like, wow. And uh, but you know what he meant is, you're going to feel your timing, you know, and stuff. But you know, it was—I was pretty young and stuff. But you know, it's the same kind of thing. Now mm-hmm. I've been fortunate enough to have some great, great young people work for me. They're just—you uh, know, I've. You know, without without great help, you're not much. You know, because you're no. gonna be on the road so much. You got to yeah. have somebody at home yeah. backing you up. You know,
3: that's for sure. And I, it, was, it was really, it was staggering to me, the John, the whole John Slack, demise, mm-hmm. from where he was. It it didn't. There was nobody look higher like than him. He, no, it did okay. not look like he could be touched. Beautiful wife, wonderful kids. And Boom. I mean all the way to the bottom, to the to the bottom. Yes. Not to poverty, not yes. to, but to to the end. Yes. To the other world. Uh-huh. Uh, and that was, oh, uh, that one really. Uh, that one, I. Uh,
1: yeah, it was tough. Yeah, it's a tough one. You know? I
3: didn't see.
1: You know, when he we went to rehab, he was right there in uh, Newburgh, Oregon, right next to where I lived. So I'd go down and see him all the time and stuff, and you know, and. Uh, it was a tough one. Mm. It was a tough one, you know. But
3: and what a tough thing it, to be so big in our world, and then the with the wife, and then have, then deal with the gay and all that stuff. But he he did it, and I really thought he was going to come back. And but you know, yeah. hell, well, when you get this old, you just see stuff like that from now and, now and then. Yeah, I don't know. You yes. know, you can't you can't foresee all that stuff. No, you can't. It just, and it almost seems like those super talented people have sometimes are more susceptible to problems than people are just in the middle plugging away. Mm-hmm. You know, I
1: think that's very true. You know, you true. you
3: see that in sports.
1: I mean, I don't know if I've seen a person in the cow horse training industry that is as naturally. The word is naturally, naturally talented as John Slack was. Yep. Now, I mean, you know, you've got the Andreas and stuff and a couple of you guys that, you know, and the cow horse, you bust your ass to be what you are. But he didn't even have to work hard.
3: He just a, it was, was unbelievable.
1: Like, you know, I mean, you just kind of went. Yep. Yeah. I'd walk out in the arena sure. some days when he worked for me, and I just, I was kind of in awe. <laughs> like, right. How, how does, come up does he with do that? How does he <laughs> do that? He's <laughs> yeah, only like, 20. Yeah, what? I mean, it's like, where'd you learn how to do
0: that? You know? Yeah. Yeah. I was, just did I did was around him later on, you know, and it was just, it was so cool just to watch him work horses. Yeah. yeah
1: exactly. I mean, that's
0: all you could really do because yeah. I mean, you could sit down and talk theories and this and that, but he like like you say, he didn't. He well, looked, you know, the, the neat thing about it is when he did die,
1: I mean, you know, if there is a neat part about it, uh, he, they found him dead in his chair with his dog sitting on his lap and he loved his dogs. Oh. Love loved his dogs, you know, and stuff. So, you know, all he does, animals. He's a good soul. Oh, yeah. Animals loved him. He had birds. And, he, I mean, like, if he drove down the road and there was a dog on the road, he uh, it was his dog. You know. <laughs> I mean, he'd stop and pick him up, you know. It's like, God. <laughs>
3: Bring him back to Bob's house.
1: Oh, geez, yeah. <laughs> he loves to have extra
3: yeah. animals running oh, around. God, yeah. yeah. Stray dogs and yeah. parrots. Yeah. The kids were enough. They were enough <laughs> yeah. animals. Uh, <laughs> teach it to poop where BJ poops <laughs> we'll I'll have to clean one place up before BJ's <laughs>
1: not going to get over this one is he? <laughs> uh,
0: that's what he gets for not coming to the horse show that's yeah. what he gets <laughs>
3: you yeah. gotta be here to defend yourself yeah, if you're... <laughs> that's
1: right that's right oh,
0: so man. to go back to your comment about when he came out there and got that horse ready and talking about ego what about some of the mental stuff getting ready to horse show and, like, did you, I mean, did you do much, anything as far as, I mean, I don't know, the buzzwords these days are the mindfulness training and things of this nature. And, I mean, did you do anything like that? I mean, was there any, or you just went and did it?
1: I just went and did it, you know? I mean, pretty much. But, I mean, I was always into mind over matter. And, you know, I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm a firm believer that if you ride in the arena and you think something negative, it's going to be negative. It's not going to be good. You know I mean? Like I would, uh, I had a customer that worked for me that gave positive thinking, uh, seminars. He was a real estate guy. Ben Scott is, he was up in Washington state and, uh, he was really big on that. I mean, i you know, so I guess I did cause I listened to him a lot. And, um, he was really big on being positive about things. You know, I mean, I know that I've been the kind of person, you can't tell me I can't do something. If you tell me I can't do something, I'm going to do it, you know. And I'm very goal-oriented. And, uh, I mean, when I set a goal for myself, I don't tell anybody I did it. My whole life, I've never told anybody my goals. I just, I have a goal in in myself, and I go and do it, you know. And, I mean, I've, I've been fortunate enough to accomplish every goal I've ever set for myself, you know. Including being able to retire as much as you know, I'm not retired. I mean, I'm semi retired. You know, I'd go nuts if I was, I'd drive my. You I'd be, would be. I'd be on my eighth wife. You'd you know? be on, <laughs> That's why I was just going to say, <laughs> yeah. look for a divorce lawyer yeah. when you retire. <laughs> yeah. Poor Dana, I'd, I'd drive her nuts, you know? But, uh, um, you know, I, I mean, I, I just, I, I've set a lot of goals, you know, like we, Dana and I got together. Uh, I guess four years ago now, and we decided that before the, our last election, and before I turned seventy, I turned seventy this November, that we, uh, uh, I would be semi-retired or whatever, and we would sell our ranch in California and buy a ranch over here and do what we want to do, you know. And we did it like two years before our, you know, the goal was set. Really, I mean, we we said it, but before it was you know time was for our goal and uh, we did it so
0: it's pretty cool so my wife sent me with a question (laughs) (laughs) and she said you have to ask him she's and i think you've already answered it but i have to ask it on air anyway um but she says that guy nobody ever nobody ever he never sucked he never got old. You know what oh, I mean? right, right.
3: He yeah, never got old. The, you suck now and then, but not, not but like you, know, you didn't.
0: You know what I'm saying? Like, as you see trainers age. Oh, yeah. You I know, you, you see them fade. And, I mean, like, and you went out on top. And she wants to know if that was, if it was kind of organic and everything. And, like, you just didn't have good enough horses, so you didn't come anymore. It or it if you had planned. that plan. That's what I'm saying. Planned. I feel like
1: you had it. it was very planned, Yes. Um, Because you had seen so much. I've seen so many people do what she said that, you know, about that. Um, I just didn't want to be one of them. So, and, you know, I always had enough respect for my horses. Like all my studs, I always quit them while they're on top. You know, I didn't wait until they turned into crap to quit because I respected them, you know. And so I thought, I thought about it myself and I thought, well, why shouldn't I do that with myself, you know. And I mean, this is a young man's sport. We all know it, you know. And I, you have to accept it. I mean, none of us are going to be young forever, you know. And uh, you know, my back, you know, your back will start bothering you after a while doing this, you know. And I thought, you know, I could, I could go down the fence, and I could see that cut, turn coming, and it was like, oh god, this is going to hurt, you know. Well, you can't perform like that. And I, I thought to myself, you know what? I'm going to quit doing this before I suck, you know.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and I did, I did plan that, yeah. So. And I mean, I still, I still love to ride and I still love to do what I love doing, you know, but I think if I would have kept doing it, I probably wouldn't have liked doing it.
3: Right. You or know, wound up hating it.
1: Yeah. Cause like, you know, when I was in California, I had 54 head of horses in training and I had 130 head of horses altogether and it got to the point I hated doing what I was doing because I would never get done. I would start tomorrow on what I missed today, you know, and it was depressing and once I got that out of there, like I mean, hey, if I want to go do something, I just get up early in the morning, go get my work done. I'm done. I go do it. It's fun. You know, it's nice. So.
0: And you're really, probably your margins. You're probably making as much now as you were then. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Overheads
1: way down. Yeah, I have no overhead. I had 13 employees at one time. Oh my goodness! That that'd give you a headache on it. Oh, oh just. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I had thirteen employees, you know, and it was like, Oh my god. I have one employee right now. I have a Pablo, he's a little guy and he's about four foot ten and he just I never tell him anything, he just works. Does know? it we have five acres, he's raked the whole five acres <laughs> <laughs> in straight lines. Wow. <laughs> and everybody looks and goes, That's Bob. It's really not Bob, it's <laughs> <yet."> <laughs> but I like it. <laughs> right.
0: I appreciate it. Yeah. So but uh I want to go back. Would you be, I mean, can you share any of that plan with us on how you plan that out?
1: Well, um, you know, it really started pretty early because, I mean, I started with nothing. I mean, I had nothing, nothing. And uh, I didn't want to, I didn't want to end up with nothing. So I... uh, I thought, you know, endorsements were a really good way of doing things, too. And endorsements, I didn't know anything about them at the time, and there was very few of them around. And professional choice came to me, and that was my very first endorsement. And I've had it for um, 33 years. I've had professional mm. choice, 33 years. And I'm, I'm very proud of that. I mean, that's a pretty cool deal. That's very cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I thought, you know, I can turn these things into a business, and and i pretty much have you know i mean cinch i i just signed a new cinch uh deal for another 10 years i just signed it here a few months ago i'm going to be almost 80 years old and have a
0: cinch contract <laughs> and be the uh, oldest that's m- pretty cool clothes model uh, yeah. Cool. yeah that's pretty
1: cool <laughs> so uh but you know a lot of that stuff is it's made made me make money you know too and i mean and i've looked at my endorsements like it's a two-way street very much so i mean like i I was, uh, who was I talking to? I was talking to one of my endorsements yesterday or something, you know, and and I just, you know, Hey, is there anything I can do for you? Is there, you know, there's too many of the trainers, young trainers, I think just sit there and they go, they've got their hand out. You know, I want more. I, and I see it constantly, not once in a while. I say it constantly. And, uh, you know, I've never done it that way. I mean, I've always, I've always really worked at my endorsements like they're a, a business. You know, and and I mean, I have great endorsements, and they have made my business uh, make money more. Not not so much that, you know, I mean, some of them pay me, some of them don't. Um, But, you know, like, if you look at 33 years of not buying splint boots, you Mm -hmm. know, not buying any of the stuff that they have promoted or they've, you know, Mm -hmm. given me and stuff. I mean, I've saved a lot of money, you know, and... uh, You know, I just, I have great endorsements. I mean, they're, they're unbelievable endorsements, but I, I work at them too, you know, and that has helped me, uh, you know, the, maybe the money I do make, I don't have to spend it on some of that stuff, you know, along the way, you know,
0: mm-hmm. what are things that young trainers can do that do have some endorsements that are listening to this going, well, I don't, what do, what do I do? I mean, how much, I mean, just put yourself out there so you can say, Hey, what can I do for you?
1: All right. You know, I mean, I know that you know a, a lot of the my endorsements have become my personal friends, and uh, I will call them just to call them, mm-hmm. tell them hi, hey, what are you doing? You know, whenever drinking Michael's, <laughs> <laughs> things like that. I mean, I just call them just see what they're up to. You know, because I know that so many people just call them when they want something. Sure, you know, with their hand out, and I don't think that's right. It's not. You know, they're not giving you stuff just because they think you're wonderful, right? They, you know, I mean, you have to be take care of your end of the deal too. You know,
3: you need to be trying to sell, yeah, what they do. Their product is, and sometimes what I've seen with Bob from the outside is he's at the mag that the uh, the equine event in Sacramento, and he he puts himself in those places where he's in front of crowds. And he's helping push that product to those people.
1: Yeah, it is very much so. That, you know that, and I don't have any endorsements I don't believe in. I, that's really a big deal with me. And I had one when I first started, and I'm going to tell you I learned my lesson right there. Mm. And I'm going—I had a wonderful contract with Ariat, and it's before Ariat did boot cowboy boots. They did an English boot kind of. It was kind of yeah, a crossover. Yeah, I remember you know? that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and. Um, they asked me to do a deal and I said, Well that's really not what I wear, you know. It's not but I do well, you know, we want it you do anything and so I did it for a year and I just didn't feel good about it. And they're a wonderful company and they make a wonderful boot now. Uh but at the time it, it just wasn't and I didn't feel good about it. I just felt like I was you know, like I was walking around in something I didn't want to be in, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh and I you know he has Rios too, you know, and uh-huh. I mean, I'm like, all in on the Rios. Yeah, yeah, and when Rios came to me, you know, I wore a Rios before I had Ari, right. and they go, well, you know, we want you to endorse this. I went, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that won't be tough. <laughs> yeah, that won't be tough. And they've been, they've been like family to me. They had just been wonderful, you know. But I mean, like I, you know, I, I, I put out a one foot forward for everybody there too, you know. It's, sure. I mean, I don't, uh, you know, I went to the guy that owned American Hats that died here a year or so ago, Keith Keith Maddox. uh, They were one of my endorsements, and and we went to Hawaii together. And, you know, I learned something from him, and he probably, you know, he died here a year ago or so, but he probably doesn't even realize I ever learned it from him. But he got off the airplane in Maui with his cowboy hat on. And we're all running around in board shorts and stuff, and somebody said something about him wearing a cowboy hat, and he says, hey, this cowboy hat makes my living. He says, I'm proud of it. And, you know, I never forgot that, you know? And it was like, yeah, well, you know, there's there's a big part of that, you know? And uh, I know, like, I go around, well, I think <laughs> I go around some of the rainings, you know, and everybody's got baseball caps on, you know? And I, I wear a cowboy hat all the time, you know? <laughs> but and I don't like baseball caps but still you know there's a time and a place for everything yeah but um no I've uh, I've been really fortunate I have fabulous endorsements but I'm really aware of taking care of them too you know so no I think that's a so good lesson to do.
0: good lesson for everybody out there because like say young guy and you're looking for style you know like man how do I get this stuff on my shirt and you're just like you just walk around here and stick your hand out. No, <laughs> no. You develop relationships and foster well, and those you relationships, gotta, you and gotta, you provide a yeah. platform.
3: You gotta sell saddles, man. Yeah. You gotta sell them. Mm-hmm. You gotta sell boots. You gotta you gotta do your best to sell whatever the product is. And if you don't like the product, <laughs> it, it's you should, hard to sell. Shouldn't sell it. do it. Yeah. Yeah. You, do you, it. You don't lie. Yeah, if you yeah, don't like it, don't it. do it. No, it's not well, worth it.
0: That's no. it. That's why I've never signed on with the saddle company because I like a lot of different saddles. Mm-hmm. You know, and oh, you should say that way then. Yeah, unless yeah. you can
1: find a, a saddle company to make something that right. for you that you want. You mm-hmm. know? So, that's I mean, right. I, I've been, you know, I, I mean, I've been so fortunate with my endorsements. It's just scary, you know. I mean, you know, Cinch. I've been with them since the beginning. You know, mm-hmm. um, it's been a long time. I don't remember what what year it was, but it's been a long time. Yeah. You know, and uh, Rios, I've been with them for a long time, American Hats, you know, everything. I just uh, Farnum, Farnum's unbelievable to me. They they're just wonderful. I mean, I just can't say enough about Farnum. You know, they take care of me like it's unbelievable. Mhm. And you know, I have a I have what they call LMF feeds and it's a yep. It's a feed that is a West Coast feed pretty much or, and uh I mean, man, they just, they take care of me, you know, and I helped them design the feed I feed, you know, so. So I was part of it. Right. But, uh, no, i it's great. It's wonderful, you know. Yeah.
0: Mm. Yeah, I have, I think I'm with, I have some small, you know, some smaller companies, some younger companies. Like, I'm with uh, CR shirt, CR Ranchwear shirts and Contrans jeans, and they're smaller companies. They're people I know, I like. And I mm-hmm. mean, shoot, I've known them a long time. I mean, like me and Matt were. Assistance at the same time without, you know, so it's just, it's cool just to, you know, develop those relationships and go forward. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, no, looking forward to what all that holds. Yeah. So an integral part of my team is Joe Carter and Jesse Arnold from Oklahoma equine.
3: Oh, they are, a. there are my team. They are a, They have done so much for me. Jesse has been helping me since I moved back here. And before that, even at all the horse shows, when you get to showing and things are going on and you're wondering, hey, is this horse off? Is he not? You go over there, see them guys. They help you
0: out and you know it's right. Hey, Joe Carter co-signed with me on a loan when I moved to Oklahoma. Like I probably had just met him. I'd known him like less than a month Co-sign on a loan at McLean County Bank. He probably probably wouldn't do it now. now. He probably wouldn't do it now, but he does take care of my horses. Wow. I mean, he's at all of our NRCHA events. It's so awesome. But they've got the standing MRI machine up there. We just got one back from up there, and it is the cat's meow now. I mean, you roll them things in there and just stand them, just walk them right in there. They put their feet in it.
3: Bad to the bone. Right
0: now, I mean, used to be yep. like you had to haul off to some who knows where to go find an MRI machine so you could fee- see the soft tissue damages in them feet. I know, and those know. have been the bane of my existence. Okay, like the la- I mean, well, the last really since 2013, I've probably had three or four that them horses that just would get sore and you can't find it right like their legs mm-hmm, look good mm-hmm. the shoes look good there's no injury to you're like what in the world is going on it should be here but it's not and you can block it's not on out. the x-ray you can't you got to get them up there to that mri you go see joe and jesse up there and uh let them check it out on the mri and find out what in the world is going on and that way you can get a good diagnosis and then you can find out what is happening and get it fixed and get on down the road
3: been there since 1988, been around forever, you know, that's 36 longer, years. That, that's experience. longer than my wife's been alive. That's the year I was, uh, I graduated. Is it 1988? really? oh yeah, yeah. God, I didn't <laughs> know you were that old. Rid- oh, yeah. No way you're that old. I'm, huh? I'm kind of getting up there.
0: <laughs> well, I'm going to tell I'm you. I'm young-minded. You, you're immature is what you mean, <laughs> and I will wholeheartedly agree with that. But yeah, like I say, I just I cannot rave about them enough. I mean, shoot, if you want to feel good about yourself on the golf course, you can go out there with Joe. (laughs) You know what I mean. If
3: you want to feel good about yourself on dance floor, go with Jesse because she'll make you look good. Hey, that whole family—they're incredible dancers, all of them. Joe and uh, Brock and Jesse—they're good to watch, or they're good to go make. And don't forget
0: Mother Teresa.
3: Oh yeah, laying it down, right? Laying it down,
0: and, and you can't forget Matt and Riley too. Nope, it's the yeah, other and two and the kids whole crew, and they're just—I'm telling you—they're like part. They're like my family. Yep, Carolyn,
3: there's there's
0: so many people up there that we could uh, do a whole podcast just, just going on over the people. just on the people up there. Yeah, so like yeah. I say, but uh, now they've really they've branched out. That MRI deal has been a game changer, though. And you really got to get up there and check that out.
3: Yeah. I trusted top cell rainmaker there.
0: So I, I believed in them. If you need to get a hold of these guys, need to get your horse checked out in this MRI or any of your lameness or sickness or breeding needs, you can check them out at the, on their Facebook page at Oklahoma equine hospital, or you can go to Oklahoma for more contact info and be sure to tell them that the guys over here at, Horse full contact sent you for all your veterinary needs. Check out Oklahoma Equine. You know, hmm. what we haven't gotten into is we haven't gotten into any wreck stories.
3: I know, but I've got, but he's got to talk about meeting Doug Williamson.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Where are the dinosaurs?
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> Bob, can you, can
1: you water: anything? No, I'm good. Uh, you know the first time I ever saw Doug Williamson, I had horses and training for a guy in Oriana, Idaho, and Doug worked for him on his cattle ranch, and he was a buckaroo. And I used to show some horses for him. And I went up to <laughs> I went up to, uh, there to look at horses one day. And here comes this buckaroo off the hillside with a sca- gun scavenger underneath his leg with thirty thirty and stuff. And he's ponying one colt and he's riding another one. And it was Doug Williamson. That's the first time I ever met him. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you just kind of, <laughs> and I mean, Doug and I have been through a lot of things together. You know, I, I sat in the hospital with him when he was dying of cancer. And uh, I swore he'd never come out of the hospital. Never, I I was just amazed, me, you know, and uh, so, but uh, but he's he is he is the energizer bunny. He's a wild man, isn't he?
3: Holy mackerel! Mm-hmm. I mean, you you you've had a, how many wives have you seen him go through?
1: Oh, his his Indian name is Chief
0: Many Wives. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he even came up with a count. When we did his interview, I don't yeah, think we
3: have. yeah, but he tried to keep lessening it. I think, he's yeah. seven.
1: I seven. I think he said seven. Seven. He counts six because he married one twice. Right. That's right. That's right. I know a lot exactly more about right. Dougie than he wants me to know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. He's he's quite a quite a deal there.
0: <laughs> it's yeah. like bre- marrying the same woman twice. That's like breaking into prison. <laughs> <laughs> never thought about it that way
2: so that's probably pretty right you know
1: probably pretty right so oh, uh, what
3: about some of the time you spent a lot of time with Benny
1: oh god yes
3: yeah and what about when you met him because he was leaving when you went but we knew each other really
1: well before that. before yeah, oh before okay that. yeah the Portuguese and the Mexican yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no but uh yeah we we knew each other really well you know i spent lots and lots of time he was like a brother to me so
3: is how much is he older than you by
1: yeah uh 10? he was uh oh no not that much
0: oh uh, really three
1: Two, really? three or four
0: years older than i'm mm-hmm. mm yeah for the sake, i thought he was about 70 when he passed
1: i think he was 68, 68. i think i think he was 68 mm. you know yeah so but uh oh ben was great Ben was, you know, I mean, he was a horse trader's horse trader. Horse know? trader's horse trader. Yeah. I, always, I always thought to myself, you know, if you can trade horses with Benny, it's always a great deal, but it's only a great deal to Benny. <laughs> 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 you know, it's a, he come away from there going, huh, huh. what happened? <laughs> <You know? laughs> uh, but he was good at it, you know.
3: Who, who was what some of your biggest influences, young Bobby? After you, after you left Amarill?
1: Oh, you know, I, I'm going to tell you, it's funny, but you know, do you know who Greg Whalen is? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, his wife probably taught me more about business than anything, and it was after I left. You know, and uh, I mean, she was she was really a good business person, and she taught me a lot about everything from buying and selling horses and how to do the paperwork on them and things. Um, you know, and making sure you don't get yourself in trouble, you know, cause mm. a lot of these people are, you know, doing things they shouldn't do. And, uh, but she was, she taught me a lot about business and stuff. And, uh, you know, and I always thought Greg was really a class act, you know, and I, I mean, I showed a lot of halter horses, so I, you know, I knew Greg really well. And, and, uh, My Greg and my dad, uh, I think they rodeoed together. My uncle rodeoed Greg, I think, because Greg is older than my dad. But uh, uh, they were they were a big influence on me and stuff. And, you know, I was just I've always felt like, you know, I can learn something from anybody. I've learned things from everybody. I'm I'm a big watcher, you know. I mean, I sit there and watch everything that happens. There's very little that goes on that I don't see. I may not say anything about it. You know, when I first started going to the snaffle bit I used to sit up in the stands and watch cattle. i just watched cattle all day long. I'd sit there by myself and watch cattle all day long, you know, because I always took one horse. I took one horse for years. And uh, so I'd I'd sit up in the stands and watch cattle all day long, you know, and just, just read cattle, see if I was right, you know.
3: What were some of the people that you saw that had so much talent and Crash, say, Harry Rose and them, what did you see? Uh, just explain what you see, how they were so great and how they wound up with not being self-sufficient at the end. And and crown. Alcohol. Alcohol was the biggest thing.
1: That was the biggest crash I saw. You know, not being able to handle alcohol. I mean, it was that was the biggest thing I ever saw, you know. And I mean, I'm no prude. I love to have a cocktail, right. you know. Especially at Michael's. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I've been there. I've been there with you. <laughs> but uh, but you know, there's a time and a place for everything, you know. And uh, but I, I think I've seen I've seen that probably ruin more horse trainers than anything is alcohol. You know. Were they
3: also uh, just not didn't care about money and being um, self sufficient? Did they care so much about the riding and the horses?
1: I don't think they ever looked at the rest of it. You know, I mean, you, you get you know, riding horses is only one part of this. Yes. And, and I'm not going to tell you it's 50% of it. Right. No, it's the easy part. You know, yeah, it is the easy part. And, I, and like I said, I don't think it's 50% of it, you know. Uh, and it might be 50, but it's, it's 40 probably at least. But the business end of it is so much more important, you know. I mean, how you handle your customers and how you handle your business and, you know, I was talking to a gal the other day, and she said her customer, her her, her horse trainer hasn't built her in three months for a horse. And I'm thinking, <laughs> you no, know, it's like, well, wait until she gets that bill, <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, you know. Um, but uh, you know, you treat a business like a business. You know.
3: Do you feel like some of those super talented ones, the John Hoyts and the Harry Roses, and even the John Slacks? just felt like they didn't have to worry about that part because they were going to focus on winning and that would always take care of them
0: I don't think they
1: even thought of that part didn't even no i don't even think they thought of that i don't think they thought that they were so good that they could just worry about that I don't think they even thought of that i don't I don't i don't think so yeah you know, just, 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 just they did you know they just they didn't care about anything other than riding and winning and stuff like that you know I mean not have, not building the a good foundation in your business and not having a you know things like that
3: uh, do you think do you, it was of course it was way more prevalent to see those kind of people then than now i mean it's that part never goes away but it it seems like then back then there were more people that were talented yes. that wound up with nothing there's
1: more businessmen now in the in the industry you know and i mean i i've always been a I mean, I've always been a saver and I've always been, I, I don't like to borrow money. And I, if I do, and I do borrow money, I mean, I have borrowed money, but I want to pay it off right away, you know, and and I make it a game. I've always made it a game in my life. You know, like if I have a loan on something, I'll see if how quick I can pay it off. You know, it's just a game. That's all it is, you know, but it it makes it good because you do something good for yourself too, you know. Um, When I moved from Oregon, I had just gone through a divorce and I bought a house and and I think I bought it with a 15-year loan, and I paid it off in six and a half years. It was cool to do, you know. It was kind of fun, and I I made it fun, you know. and I didn't overload my boat. I started off paying the payment in like $100 a month, then I went to payment at $200 a month. By the time I was done, I was paying double payments every month, you know. And, uh, you know, I'm a a big saver. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm big on that, and... uh, you know, it's good now. I mean, it's been worth it now. You know, you know when BJ was born, I uh, uh, I put a hundred dollars a month away from him for him from the day he was born until I think he was thirty or something. When we gave it to him, and uh, I put a hundred dollars a month in Coca-Cola stock because I, you know, at the time he was born, I didn't know if I was ever going to have any money or whatever. You know, I don't know what I could do for him. So I bought $100 worth of Coca-Cola stock, because Coca-Cola is just, it's very, you know, you're not going to lose your ass on it, you're not going to get rich on it, but it's going to kind of keep growing all along, you know, and uh, so 30 years of it, you know, $100 a month, I gave it to him, you know, and that's what I could do for him.
0: Thank God they never come out and said Coca-Cola caused cancer or anything.
1: Yeah, really. Yeah.
0: Really. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's, you, you pulled it out, so it's yeah. Oh,
1: yeah, you yeah. know, but, uh, you know, I just do things like that, you know. Uh, Glad
0: did you didn't you? invest in Marlboro.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> did you? I invested a lot of Marlboros for a long time. <laughs> I just finally quit doing that at one time, you know,
3: yeah. Did you... Uh, do much a lot in the stock market or
1: no you know I don't do anything I you know I, I had a customer that got a hold of me one time and I don't I don't do things I don't know a lot about I, I do have some money yes in it but I don't have I, it's not what I depend on mm-hmm. um, but a customer told me one time he said you know you're in the greatest business there is and I kind of looked at him and I thought what do you mean I'm in the greatest <laughs> business there is and he says the horse business is one of the greatest businesses there is because there's no blue book. And mm. I, I had to stop and I thought, and you know, he he said, you know, it's kind of like you know pork bellies. There's a blue, there's a, a number for it. There's a number. You price know, per pound. Price per pound. You know, uh, uh, selling lettuce, th- price per pound. You yeah. know, and stuff or whatever they sell, however they sell it. Mm-hmm. But. Um, there's no blue book on a horse. There's just what one man is willing to pay for another one. And, you know, that's that's what I owe. That's what I know. I know that, so I stick to what I know, you know. Uh, I'm diversified enough that, uh, you know, but I'm not so diversified that I have to depend on it, you know. But I still, you know, I mean, we raise some horses, and we do r- well on it. We have one brood marrow. And it's a one-time Pepto out of a daughter of Samaritan and Lena. Uh, and... You know, we, uh, we take and uh, we breed her, and, I mean, she does well. You know, we sold, like, two of her foals for 180000 or something, you know. Mm. So, you know, she does good for us, you know, and we – so I do what I, I know. That's what I do.
3: Well, and, a, and from the outside looking in at you, I would say one of the best things that you try to do is stay at top tier because – the amount of effort you put in a top tier is gonna bring you more gain than putting that amount of effort in a low tier horse, low yes. tier anything. Yes. Your your effort's the same or even more
1: on the lower end. And you know, every once in a while I do the lower end and I regret it every time I do it. You know, I kinda go, you know, I could buy I can make a buck on this. And you know, every time I do that I, I lose. Or I don't make money, let's put it that way. But, you know, I always look at when I buy a prospect, I look at it like, can I answer myself truly, do I like this horse enough to keep it the rest of my life? And if I can honestly answer myself truly that, somebody else wants it too. You know, it's that good. But if yeah. I look at it and go, you know, I can flip this and make a buck. I just lose my answer. <laughs> right. <time>. I, <laughs> I do it every time, you know. You know? We,
0: I think we sold two this year for like it two thousand dollar loss a yeah. piece, i think but you know what they're gone they're gone you know i went and that's bought why a, divorces are expensive too because yeah, yeah, they're, they're worth right, it
1: that's right i went and bought a mare with my own money one time i paid 20 grand for her i bought her in the middle of the night in a snowstorm <laughs> in iowa i think it was and it was, she was in a old dairy barn and i brought her back and i hated her i just hated her just hated her and I finally, I fought it, and I thought, I can make the, I can get my, and I mean, I went at it for about six months, and I still hated her. And uh, so I called up the 4-H leader down at the high school. I said, you got any kids that don't have a lot of money that want a horse? And he says, yeah, I got a girl here that, you know, her parents don't have a lot of money, and she's horse crazy. I said, you guys get a horse trailer, and you bring her up here today after school, and you and I gave her the horse. And you know what? I never put another ounce of feed in her again. <laughs> That's you know.
0: Best probably the, the best,
1: best sale you, over you made. Over being Absolutely. mad the next day. <laughs> and I was in a lot better mood too, you know. So, but uh, no, I mean I you know, as long as you deal in the best you can deal in, you're going to be all right, you know.
3: Well, and you've had some of the best horses and I'd oh. like to talk about some of them. The one that sticks out to me is Chick's Magic Potion, of mm-hmm. course. But even go back and talk some about your favorite horses from the first one that well, busted you out and on.
1: There's a difference between my favorite horse and my best horse. Some of them, some of my best horses were maybe not my favorite horse, you know. Um, but some of them, Chick's Magic Potion was one of my favorite horses. He was a, just a he was a friend, you know. Uh, kind of like the one you had, you mm-hmm. know. Kind of like Slider. And we showed them against each other, and it was – you never knew from day to day who was going to be the winner that day, you know. But, um, no, I I had – I was very fortunate to have some great, great horses, you know. Preacher. Yeah. Brother White, we still have him. He's sitting up there with his little donkey and his (laughs) pasture. And uh, Brother White was just – you know, I I bought Brother White from Hansma's down there in Texas, and they had started him, and he was – He'd get stuck in the ground and lose a cow all the time and I mean they I mean he was a two-year-old I mean he was barely started but they said he'd go around across the arena and sit on his ass so hard he could get back and I'm thinking <laughs> 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 like, I wanted I wanted I wanted you know so I bought him and I sold him to uh, a lady up there in Oregon and and I took him to the pre and lost a cow because he got stuck in the ground I took him to the fraternity lost a cow because I got <laughs> stuck in the ground. And I love this horse. He was my best horse, you know. In fact, the year I won it on Smart Zantelina, I took Brother White, too. And uh, I thought Brother White was my best horse, you know. And uh, so I brought him out as a four-year-old. And I, just every time I showed him, I'd have bad luck on him. Something happened. The gal finally, she goes, get rid of him. He says, I can't. She's a bad I luck can't horse. can't take it no more. Yeah. And I had another stud there that she liked that I owned. And I said, well, I'll tell you what. I like him. I still like him. So I'll just trade you, you know. So I traded her for that other one, and I cut him right away. And everybody goes, why'd you cut him? Because he's out of a great, great mare, you know. I mean, his mother produced almost a million dollars worth of winners, you know. And um, why are you going to cut him? I said, because I want to own a great gilding. That's what I want. I want a great gilding. And he won $150,000 from the time he was five after that and three world championships, you know. He was a badass. He uh, was. But, uh, but now I, boy, we've, I've owned some pretty cool ones, you know. I mean... But, um, I, you know, it was, you know, we had the, today's my lucky day, you know, and he was a, he was a, <laughs> he was, he was an example of a great horse that maybe wasn't your favorite. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he was a lot of work. I mean, he'd make you, just, I mean, Todd and I just pulled our hair out on him and he'd walk through that show pin, that gate and that show pin and just go, here I am. Come beat me. Come beat and me. And I mean, like, he won a lot, you know. But, I mean, outside the gate, if you were out here in the warm-up pen. Drive you crazy. Oh, my God. You just got to go, I'm going to start showing fish. I'm not going <laughs> to quit doing this. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I mean, this just ain't any fun anymore, you know. And you'd walk through that gate. It was like that light hit. And it was like,
0: da-da. You Isn't know? that the greatest feeling, though? I yeah. mean. And that's a show horse. Uh, that's, that's a show that's horse. the greatest feeling in the world. That I is. mean, when they go in there.
1: Well, I'm going to tell you what's a scary thing is when you walk through that gate, they go, "Here's Bob Avila on today's my lucky day." <laughs> you got kind of go. Oh God, I hope it I is. Hope it is. <laughs> <laughs> and Todd, when he showed him at the rain <laughs> of the dream, we laughed about that. It's like we pulled our hair out with him, you know. But he walk in that gate and just, and everybody's
0: going, "Oh my
1: God, what?" You know, and we're like, we're going, "Who are you talking about?" You know? <laughs> but um, no, it's uh, I've had. I've had so many great ones in my life. I've been so fortunate about that. You know, it's just, you know, it's it's unbelievable. You know, uh, I mean, Lena's right on. I won the mm. reign of fraternity on. He was a freak of nature. He really was. I mean, nobody knows it except probably Todd and John and myself because they were around. But, like, I got on him one Monday morning. And I thought, you know, I'm going to work on him turning around. He's a two-year-old. And by Friday, he was like a plus one and a half. Um. I mean, he just kind of went wow you know i mean he just if you thought it he did it he was really hard to show he wasn't dirty but he was so quick-minded i mean he, he would just dirty. you'd sit there and go okay i'm gonna turn to the right and he was like woof oh that was four wasn't it you know? <laughs> i mean it was like <laughs> man it's <laughs> just like unbelievable you know and uh, it, it's just you know pretty pretty wild you know yeah. light, light and fine Yep, Light and Fine was just—I mean, he was—he was bionic, you know. He was just—he could do stuff that was just unbelievable, you know. And—and uh, and he was—he was—he was a stud, and he was—he was very much a stud, you know. But—but uh, but there was some, there were some fun horses in there, you know.
3: You just had so many. Yeah. Uh, a lot by of- the time I came along, you were an institution, and it just seemed like it was endless. The amount of horses you were able to come to the show with and be fighting for first place with, oh, yeah. not just, not just be there, you know, yeah, and was, just.
1: It was pretty cool. It was pretty
3: neat. Cool. Yeah. And like those, um, like you said, he set goals for himself. He didn't tell nobody. One of mine was to beat Bob Avila <laughs> because luck. he was there. I mean, he was there. And I'm plowing around on, finally, it took a while, but, but you know. the good I, old
1: slider, huh? <laughs>
3: uh, good old slider. I mean, and it wasn't even like, I'm just going to beat him. It's like, okay, so where's, where do you, where, where's the stars? And then you just kind of shoot there. Cause I had missed plane plane, and I'm yeah. kind of in there fighting around, yeah. but then he comes with that chick's magic potion. and Man, that thing, everywhere you go yeah he was he's unreal
1: I used, to, I used to dig him holes i never thought he could get out of but he'd get out of them you know unbelievable like, Yeah. yeah uh, was,
3: and when that like the when that night happened the first night it's like it's just it opened a whole new world it said i it's like how could i be up there where bob Avila is that, that's just not possible <laughs> it almost you set that goal and then you reach it and it scares you a little bit Okay, wait a minute! Yeah. I'm not supposed to be here. Well, I've done that to myself a few times. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, it was. Yeah, it's a, it's a great event. It's a great event. It's great life. You know, you got. You just want to make sure you take time to enjoy it.
3: Yeah, you sure don't want to waste it. No, you don't. Because it doesn't. It. it won't be there forever. No, you don't. Um,
1: and that's the nice thing about us now. We get to, we get to go enjoy things. You know. Yes. I mean I really love going down to the river in the boat you know we got a very cool boat it's a go fast cigarette boat and uh, I mean it's it's a trip you know it's fun to go in you know and we got a lot of friends that don't have anything to do with the horses down at the river and it's it's fun to get away and go do something else you know i mean i I went down to the Dana grew up at the river her parents had a home there even before we met and um, when we went down there, I mean, nobody for probably the first four or five years I went down there, nobody even knew what I did for a living. They had no idea what I did for a living. And you know, it was, it was kind of cool. Cause I mean, nobody, you know, I mean, you could just go talk anything, you could do, do anything you wanted to do, you know? So it was kind of fun. Yeah. And we still have, we got great friends down there and stuff. And it's a lot of fun to go do that stuff, you know?
3: And then you still have all the friends here. Yeah.
1: And all you know, I'm a, I'm, I'm a ranchero now, you know? I did know hey, that. Yeah. Yes, talk I did us through know that.
0: Your, talk us through your map. Yeah. What about <laughs> that? I <laughs> you
1: think you're brave enough? I heard. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I well, heard yeah. You know, Ranchero Visitori uh, is a, a group of guys that are uh, a lot of businessmen. You know, a few cowboys and a lot of businessmen that want to be cowboys. And uh, a lot of great ropers there, you know. And, uh, I mean, it's it's they own their own ranch and outside san yanez it's a beautiful ranch and uh i was asked to become a ranchero probably six or seven times before i actually did and uh when i did become a ranchero, and they always said you got to have time in your life to do it well i finally got to the point i had time in my life to do it and so i um i became a ranchero or i went there and you know your first year you're, it's kind of like going to college your first year you know and you and uh and they haze you, basically. And, oh, my God, it's it's something. I was, uh, see, I've been a ranchero for nine years now because I was 60 years old when I became a ranchero. And, uh, my God, they took me, and I knew I couldn't run with the young guys and not and drink because they, they want you drunk the whole time, and then they won't let you sleep. And uh, so... <laughs> So I, I decided I wasn't going to drink so I could stay up. I could do it, you know. And I, I went for five days, got five hours sleep. And, uh, yeah, but I didn't. They they drink what they call Chingas there. And Chingas are vodka, orange juice, and cranberry. Well, I would just go get myself cranberry and orange juice and just I had a drink in my hand all the time. And they were happy. Nobody would give me a bad time, you know, And uh, until the very end. And they caught me, what I was doing. Oh! Yeah. And uh, so anyway. he oh. How'd Well, it's just, um, <laughs> they just threw my, my drink on the ground. And you had a real, real one. one? So I went and got a real one and they tasted it and. Said, okay, drink that. And I threw it over my shoulder and, went and got another one of those on, <laughs> you know. But uh, it's, it's great. It's, it's a lot of fun. I heard to. that
3: you took a sleeping bag and slipped off in the brush and slept out where they couldn't find you.
1: No, actually, I went underneath a truck. I, I knew you
3: did something, but because if I ever go, I'm remembering it.
1: <laughs> when, you, when you first go there, the, have you ever been there?
3: Yeah. Yeah. Once.
1: The bottom camp? Yes. Okay. Well, they have the Maverick Bar. You're a Maverick when you're a freshman, basically. And the Maverick bar is set up there, and they've got a big supply truck sitting right next to it. I just grabbed grab my sleeping bag and went underneath the truck. You know? <laughs> and that's how I got about three of the five hours I got. You know? but, uh, uh, it's fun, though. Know? But, you know, it's, you know, it's something that's part of my life. It's part of our, the way we live, but it's something you can go have fun and do. You know? So it's cool. I enjoy it. But, you know, you got to.
3: And you get to eat there. Oh, man.
2: Whole unbelievable. Mackerel.
1: Food's unbelievable. Yeah, but, uh, you know, I just, there's more in life than horse shows, too. Mm hmm. You know, I mean, Dang sure. And you better, you know, your family and everything else, you know, it's just, people get a little too serious about this sometimes. You know, and it's, uh, there's a lot of other things to do. You know, you
3: can't let it overwhelm you. And it's cool that someone that is, was as high up as you could see that that wasn't everything and maybe that's part of how you were able to get out in the fashion you have without destroying yourself chasing what you know well, you one have can to, hold forever you have
1: to live with yourself first you know yeah. you, you got to kind of you know and i mean i've always said i'd rather be a has-been than a never has been you know? yeah so but uh oh you know i mean it's just something that I guess you got to be able to walk away once in a while, you know. And I mean, I love I love horses. Don't get me wrong. I love snaffle bit. I love the reins, you know, and I love to rope and stuff. But you know, it doesn't. It can consume you if you don't watch out. You know, I mean, you can just get to the point that you don't have a life at all, and uh, and
3: destroy the one you have.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. You know. So, but um, and it's you know it's. You know, like Dana and I, we enjoy doing, she enjoys the river as much or more than I do, you know. And uh, we do lots of other things together, you know. Mm-hmm. So it makes it fun.
0: When you were showing, how did you deal with the bad shows?
1: I, I, I don't live in yesterday.
0: I can, sh- I can
1: shake a bad runoff just like that. You'll never see me. I mean, I'll, I'll go shit or something like that. <laughs> But I, I, don't, I don't live in yesterday. I shake it off and I never drag yesterday
0: until into tomorrow. I see a lot of young guys and maybe they've had some success, maybe they haven't. I think more so when they haven't and they're struggling and they just get so down that they're just not getting it or it's never going to happen for them. And it's like, Listen, I mean, there was some good stuff in that run. I mean, maybe the score didn't shake out the way you wanted, but I mean, you did some good stuff right there. Like, yeah. but and they come out and they're upset with themselves. You can just, t- I mean, their their body, their whole, everything around them. I mean, almost to a point where you don't even want to be around them. Oh, very much so. And it's like, what do you, what do you say to people like that? I mean, what do you, what do you tell them? I mean, how do you, I mean, what are they going to do? What do they, how do they get through that?
1: I just go home and work harder. You know, there's not a lot of science to my deal, you know. I just, I go home and work harder. I don't live, I don't drag yesterday into tomorrow. That's the worst thing you can do. Because then you're just going to be miserable all the time, you know. And you're not going to accomplish what you want to accomplish anyway. Uh, but I just go home and try and fix what I, what I had that wasn't good. And I go on and try it again, you know. So, but, uh
0: how what do you think, how was, what was the long, you remember any long, extensive slumps?
1: Yeah, I do. I, you know, after I won my first World's Greatest Horseman, I went through about two years that, I mean, I was really, um, you know, I'd miss. I'd run through the barrier. I'd do, it, the roping really got me the most of anything. You know, the other stuff I could kind of handle the most. I went through about two years that I didn't, uh, didn't rope very good. And uh, I came back from Amarillo one year. One year it was an Amarillo, or two years it was an Amarillo. And I came back from there and I thought, okay, I'm going to do something about this. And I, uh, I called JD up, JD Yates, and I said, I want you to come down and give me a clinic. I want you to give me some lessons. And he was just shocked, you know. He goes, What do you mean? And I said, I want you to come down and help me. And I said, I'll pay you to do it. And he says, well, when do you want me there? And I said, as soon as you get here. And he was there in about three days. And we went out to our rope and pin there at Two Cloud Creek, Mm -hmm. that rope and pin up on top there. And I had about four head of head horses there. And he sat on a horse over in the healing box, and I just kept nodding for cattle. And he'd step out and step at those cattle and make them zigzag, do things like that. And he got me to the point that he said you don't ever throw your loop until you know exactly what you're doing you know and a lot of times you know you get in you know you get down there and you go you just throw it because just pull the trigger yeah you pull the trigger you know and he got me so I was really uh, methodical about it and uh, to this very day when I would go to the world's greatest horseman I'd rope 10 head of steers every day every single day I'd rope 10 head of steers. And I didn't try to be fast. I didn't have to try to be wicked. I always had a help horse I did it on. I got my horse ready to go. And um, I would just go and uh, I would just be methodical about it, you know, and just think about it and not try and be fast, not try and be, do anything else. I would just think about what I was doing and do that. And that's how I accomplished that. That was the biggest slump I think I've ever been through on something like that, you know. But so I went and did something about it. I went and got help, you know. I mean, I think a lot of people's ego get too big. They won't ask for help, you know, and that's the worst thing you can do, you know. I mean, there's so much help out there today, you know. It's unbelievable, you know. Anytime anybody needs help, you can go ask for it and get help.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, that's it. I think, like I say, I think that ego, when it comes to that mindfulness deal, I think that ego is your biggest enemy. And it's not even, it's not, you say that, and I think some people think, well, I'm not, Arrogant, or I'm not, you know. But it's not about that. Ego, ego doesn't mean arrogant. Though. That's that's what I mean, and yeah. I think that that those words get yeah misconstrued sometimes. Sure, I agree. You that. know, because I mean that ego is just that little voice. It's like, what's that guy think about what I'm doing right now? Yeah. I mean that you know, or like you say, something that keeps you from reaching out mm-hmm. to get the help that you know that you need. Yeah, but you just can't make yourself do it. And that, that's arrogance. Yes. That's where the, the it overlaps. And it's going to hurt
1: you. Oh, yeah. Man. It's the only one that's going to hurt is yourself. Yeah. You know, when I grew up, there wasn't that much help out there. You had to go hunt somebody to work for, you know, and stuff. But now, I mean, my God, you can you can turn the TV onto the channel and find it. You know, clinics and, you know, you can, you can find help, you know, articles and magazines. You can, you know, buy DVDs. You can buy, you know get online get online you can you can find something anywhere you can go and call somebody and ask for help you know
0: do you think there's such thing as too much information available
1: um yeah somewhat i mean i've never been in i mean like i i, I don't have anything against going to college at all i think it's a great deal but you're not going to learn how to be a horse trainer in college i know that you know and I, and i mean uh I, I think you could ask Todd Crawford the same thing because he went to a equine college, but he probably learned more after he was out of college than he was while he was in college, you know. Now, I mean, if you're smart enough about learning the important things, you know, you learn the business end of it, you know. But
0: uh, I think I'm kind of making reference to, you know, there's so much out there with the Rain Cowers Train Online. There's so many videos. You guy goes and well, takes this and takes that and takes that, but there's not a way to blend it together. Well, I think you need to. Uh, I
1: think you need to find a style and find somebody you like and believe in. And I think you need to use that, and not go to this guy that's going to tell you what you want to hear, and then this guy that's going to tell you what you want to hear, and it doesn't work. So you're going to go to that guy that tells you what you want to hear. That's what you're saying. Right? Uh, that doesn't work. You know, you just got to go find something that you, uh, you know, something that you like and stick with it and go with it.
0: Good info.
3: And probably. Um, too bobby is figuring out how to blend it into your program even if it is something you like sometimes something good yes doesn't fit you
1: right yeah w-
3: which maybe we saw a lot when when the rainers came to the cow horse and changed it so much yeah i saw a lot of cow horse trainers go try to emulate some of the raining and destroy some of their cow horse not that it not that that stuff was wrong they just didn't they didn't blend it
1: yeah no i agree 100 percent. yeah you you gotta you gotta make it work for yourself you know and and for the event you're doing too you know yeah uh, that's probably one of the
3: biggest tricks with the cow horse is just because it works in one event and it helps your horse there you gotta make sure that it goes it doesn't that it flows through the other two events yeah.
0: and doesn't screw them up. Yeah. I've I found I think it's just as much out of the cutting also. Like, I mean, yes. the guy has to be real careful yes. with mm-hmm. some of that cutting. I mean, because there's stuff that you can do on them straight cutters that you can't do
1: on these. <laughs> I can remember the cutters when they first started. You know, coming to the snaffle bit, those snaffle breeders go across the arena, they go, uh. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> their heads would be vibrating from the, that pair of clappers there, you oh, right. <laughs> know? <laughs> oh. uh, yeah, it's a whole lot different than the snaffle, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. I know I've had a few of them you jerk on like that and they you get right around forever saying, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm don't so really sorry. I'm so I don't really mean that. <laughs> I didn't really mean that. Totally didn't mean that. Yeah, <laughs> really.
3: <laughs>
0: it seemed like a good idea at the time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what exactly. do you,
3: What's one of the biggest things you see in the industry now that people, a mistake that's being made by, even young or old, either one,
1: you know, I think one of the biggest things, and I've done it, so I'm not going to talk right. about other people, is trying to get too big, you know? Too many horses, too many people working for you. I, I, had, I had a really good customer when I was younger come to see his mare, and it's when I was in Yamhill, Oregon, before I built my place there, and I had three different barns there, and uh, I didn't know where his mare was. I knew she was in a barn somewhere, but I didn't know where it was. And you know what? That's bothered me my whole life. Because, you know, we we have a very, horses are very personal type deal with people. They're, they're babies or something like that. And um, that really bothered me that I didn't know where that horse was. And after that, I was going to build a barn that was bigger than the one I ended up building. And I just cut off part of it. I said, nope, I am going to do it. But I, I was... I was talking to a kid that used to work for me this morning. He called me while, before I came down here. And um, he's looking for help and guys to start colts and stuff. Can't find them. And I told him, I said, well, you know, and he's a rainer. And um, I said, you know, everybody is worried about starting 25 head of colts. And I said, you guys go out and buy two of the, your three rainers every year. Why not just have less colts and still go out and buy two or three of them, you know? But uh,
3: do you see the industry changing uh, in the cow horse just like it's done in the cutting and the reining to where there's people that start horses and people that buy them late in their two year old year and then go on or even early in their three year old year? Do you see, do you mm-hmm. think that can happen with the three events or?
1: Not as much as the raining and the cutting. The raining and the cutting, you see a lot of it. You don't yes. see that much, you don't see as much of it here. I mean, I tried it one time. I went and bought one late in the year, and it's just, like, didn't work very good. Didn't work good, out. You know? you I think mean, it, it worked, but...
3: It, do you think that it ever would, or it just can't?
1: Oh, I'm not saying it can't. I mean, it might.
3: But tougher. It's, it's a lot tougher, tougher.
1: yeah. Yeah. You know, it's... Uh,
3: Probably hard for it to go that way.
1: Yeah, I think so. You know, you got to put a lot of foundation in one of these things. I mean, people don't oh, realize man. how hard it is on a right. snaffle bit horse. My God, it just... You know, it's nonstop. I mean, you know, that's probably one of the things I like the most, not having them anymore. I have a life, <laughs> you know. Well, I, got I mean, I did it for 30 years, you know. It's like I couldn't, I remember, I remember if I wanted to take a Sunday off, I had to make sure that I was around, you know, Saturday to ride my horse or, you know, I'd go down there on Sunday, make sure I turned them out, maybe, you know, and if they weren't good that week, I had to ride them before I went to the movies on Sunday or something, you know. It was like, it was unbelievable, you know? And I mean, it's, but that's part of this sport. You know, you try to take a three-year-old and do three different events on them, you know? I mean, the rainers can look at it and go, ah, oh, you know, those aren't as good a... And I see it all the time. The rainers go, you know, their rainworks aren't very good in the snaffle bit. I said, well, will you go make one cut a cow and go down the fence, too. <laughs> right. Find out how good your rain work is, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I think they're pretty good for what they do, you know? So, or the cutters go, well, you know... I, I remember when I, I used to go down to Texas looking at Colts and stuff, they go, well, you know, this one isn't good enough for us, but it, it'll work really good in your deal. <laughs> more <laughs> no, events? No. 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 A good one's a good one. If they ain't good enough in your deal, I don't want it either, you know?
3: That, and the whole industry has figured that out, I feel like, more in the last few years than when I first started. It really was the cast-off. Yeah. We were the cast-off for not the rainers we were don't. you're right we were and now it's now you're our people are right. like heck no i ain't buying your trash we gotta do Try three it. events you got it you got um it. what about the separation between the reigning and the cow horse when i first came the reigning and the cow horse horses and styles weren't so far apart and it feels like they have just gotten so far apart. There's not... Their crossover is just almost impossible, even...
1: Well, we used to, we used to take some of the Snaffle bitters and show it to Rain and fitter. Yeah. I don't know if you could do it anymore. I mean, I guess there's that special horse that might work, but boy, it'd be tough to do because the, the Rainers are so specialized and they're so good and they're... You know, I was talking to Andrea one day and funny and he looked at me and he said, you know, if I can't mark a... 77s on one. I don't want it. I'm thinking, man. <laughs> you know, I, it, it kind of hit me. I kind of went, "Wow." But you know what? Uh, that's what he does, and he does it very well, you know? So, I I mean, it's um yeah. Uh, you know, I think it's so specialized anymore. And uh
3: well, and not even the breeding—we don't even see the no. breeding crossing much. We don't. There's some gunner trashes here now, but used to be there was a lot of raining rain cow horse blood that switched. Yes, that flip was. flopped. Mm-hmm. And now
1: there's well, not a lot. Oh, do you
3: from. see any, Chris? I I can't even think of a rain. Now the cutting and cow horse, we oh, yeah. have that blood going back and forth, but we've really
0: lost. The well, you know,
1: Dana and I, or it's Dana's mare, I guess she lets me own part of her.
0: Uh, <laughs> glad you got uh, that worked out. Yeah, thought, in case she listens to this.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, we have a one-time Pepto mayor and, and she produces rainers. And when we took her, because I showed her at the staff a bit, and then we took her off the rainers. And she won $40,000 or 50000 at the rainers. And, I mean, people looked at her and they went, what's that? You know, I mean, it's roan. I mean, You don't see roan rainers very much, you know. Palominos, buckskins, yeah. Roan, eh, not so much. And uh, people looked at her, but, you know, everybody kind of went, wow, that's cool, (laughs) you know. So we do, we can market those now. But we had to work at getting that done.
3: Getting it done. And you don't, and I guess, Mm. I could see a little more cow horse blood in the raining, but I don't see much raining blood in the cow horse anymore. There's still Mr. Dual Peps and stuff up in there in the raining, you know, and they kind of recognize that stuff, but man, you don't see no. near the raining the blood. The gun and
1: trash is, and that's about it. That's it. And he's crossed over to all three of them, you know?
3: Right, yeah. So, he's really broadened out. Yeah. But that's you know. probably not coming. That's probably not going to switch back.
1: No, probably not.
3: Uh, do you think because of the uh, early enrollment,
0: they're tearing the building down around? Yes. I guess. Hey,
1: what are you doing in the back room, lady? Um, <laughs> I really don't. I really don't know why it is, but it's just gotten so specialized, you know. I mean, it really is, and I'm going to tell you, a lot of the rainers, um, you know, I don't think you could work Calum. And I'm not putting them down because they're very good at what they do. No. And I don't, don't want not. anybody to think I am. I've
3: had some and behind uh, that have had the rainy training, and dear Lord, I'm telling you, it's tough to get it done. Yeah. Both, both, two ways, both mentally and how they take instruction, and physically how they pack themselves. It is a lot more separation than it used to be yeah. between us. We used to ride horses that Rainer's had, mm-hmm. and it was not such a gap. And now it really yeah, it, feels it, it like.
1: Really is. It really is. You know, I mean, it's, I've got a, I've got a boxer that is an ex-Rainer. And I mean. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you have to, boxing is about as far as you can go. Yeah. And because at least you're gonna helping one, him but you try send him down the fence and
1: yeah and this one just goes right and left that's mm-hmm. all it is really just you know.
3: range right and left
1: yeah but uh, and I've tried to get it to you know have a little pizzazz there and stuff and it's just like nah, thanks mm-hmm. pass. <laughs> so
0: hmm.
1: but uh, but it's all good because the raining world is wild and good and the cowers' world is wild and good everything's cutters everything's going bananas the price of horses is unbelievable out of sight you know and god only knows how long it'll last but it's good now
3: and i feel like the raining's gotten more fun to watch in the last couple five years even they sped those circles up and do some stuff that you're just oh just they're just
1: freaks now i mean they're just and they're not freaks but they do freaky stuff you know it's like man i mean I went over to Andrea's I go over and ride with him once in a while and stuff you know and it's kind of fun going over there and and uh, he's got a he's got a four-year-old and he turns this thing around and I mean the faster it goes the lower it gets yes and I mean I it almost takes a hawk and rubs a hole in the ground with his hawks and you just kind of go wow <laughs> you know I mean I love that kind of stuff yes. I've, I've always been I get I guess you know when it's all said and done, I to want to be known as a horseman. Not a snaffle bitter, not a reiner, not a you know guy that did this or did that. I want to be known as a horseman. And you know, I enjoy seeing good horses, you know? I mean like I watch the dressage horses. I I watch those high-end dressage horses. Man, they're good. You know, I would I love all that kind of stuff. I love good quality horses. You know, I don't care what they do. You know, what event it is. As long as they do it good, I don't care.
0: You know, that's a calm denominator, though. With everybody, anybody that we've had on here, everybody has an appreciation for every event. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. a little bit, first impressions on people anyway. I mean, you're sitting around there talking to somebody, and they're like, oh, that that event's stupid. Well, I don't know. That guy's probably, that guy might not be at the plum top of his game. Yeah. Because, you know, the guys that, the guys that, do stuff like this, they, you know, I, you just have an appreciation for all
3: Well, a it. guy one time told me, uh,
0: <laughs> speaking, speaking of, speaking, speaking of, of not of <laughs> at the top. <laughs> <laughs> well, he ain't tall enough to get to the challenged. <laughs> <touched>. <laughs> <laughs> he's stoked, though. I tell you, he's doing a great job. He got in the limited <laughs> finals here. Mike got intermediate finals. Yeah. He did a great job. He's showing the heck out of that horse, James yeah. Milan. Yeah.
3: Um, one guy, a guy told me one time where we're doing some events and he's not from the, not from the horse world. He said, well, I'll tell you what, I will go and watch world class anything. Yeah. And I think that about the horses. I'm that way too. Uh, I, I have just sat and watched videos of the best bullfighting horses in the world. And it's, it's enthralling to me. The best jumping horses in the world the best dressage i mean you can't not appreciate that oh i agree and it's the best reigning horses best roping horses you look at the calf horses they're doing nowadays best pleasure horses best pleasure horses yep everything changes when you get to the top level
1: yeah it does it it, It does
3: it, it makes you appreciate
1: i mean like i i have always everywhere i go i look for prospects. I don't care where it's at. I mean I'll go buy a pasture full of babies and kinda of, you know, like that and stuff. And um you know, I, I really think that quality you can find it if you keep looking for it, you know. And I you know, I've always I've always had that when I went and looked for horses, I always have that I want that special one. I want that one that has something that makes them different that pretty horse or that one that moves better or that one that's got just something that's got different you know and uh and that's what you're talking about that's the horses that make you want to go watch them just barrel
3: horses somebody says hey how you want to ride some barrel horses and your first thing is like oh man walk on your hind legs can't get in the gate Mm -hmm. but you watch the very best barrel horses they're fun they make your mouth water you're just
1: Wow, hey, Look walk, at that. go thing. watch some of the great bucking horses. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> you know, what I mean, uh-huh. some of those things you kind of go, Wow, oh. that's impossible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
3: It's impossible for that animal to make that move, exactly. So, and that's fun. what you appreciate.
1: Yep, yep. So, yeah, when it's all said and done, I mean, hell, that's that's what I want to be as a horseman, you know. So, well,
0: what do you think? What would be the most important five minutes of your career?
3: Like a piece of information you, someone told you it just runs to, through your head. How long does
0: it take
1: us to have that cocktail at Michael's? <laughs> <laughs> it took you a minute to get that, didn't it? <laughs> You're usually quicker than that Russell. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I had a, I had a customer, one of my very first customers and he owned a company named ADEC Dental Supply and um, it was in Newburgh, Oregon. And he told me that, he said when he hired people, and I never forgot this, he had a, a cornered, corner office in his big, big company, biggest dental supply company in the world. Mm. And um, he had a corner office and when people would come in to apply for a job, they'd park their car out there. And he, they would come into the waiting room and he'd walk out the back door of his office and go look at their car. And he said, I didn't really care how clean it, or how new it was, I wanted to see how it, they took care of things like. And, you know, he, he, told, he loaned me the money to buy my first tra- horse trailer. And he told me, he said, the way you take care of your equipment is your equipment is going down the road. That's a traveling billboard for your business. And, and, you know, I think the few things he told me like that, I thought it really stuck, you know, because that's something that it's it has nothing to do with training horses, but it does have something to do with the people you hire in the way you go down the road, you know, and, and uh, I never forgot that, you know, and that's, and everybody knows I'm anal as hell about my trucks and trailers, you know, and stuff, but you know, that's part of it. Right. I mean, people see them going down the road and they go, wow, you know, but you know, if there's just the opposite of that too.
3: There's, um, my mom said, or yeah, it was my mom said it's, uh, free to be neat.
1: You Good can point. have
3: the worst tools in the world, and if you line them up on your tool bench and everything looks right, people will be impressed when they come in. Yeah. But if they're the best tools and thrown all over the shop, you're just like, man, I don't know about leaving my car here. And it's very same true. thing when very they true. look at your outfit, they know. Well, he's taking care of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, true. he might know what, might not know what stall my horse is in, but. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's very true. Very true. And, you know, like I have people ask me all the time, you know, well, how do you go pick a horse trainer? I said, just go to the horse show and look at their barn, walk through their barn, see what their horses look like, see what their tack room's like, see what their, they take care of things like. I said, that's what I do. You know, that's what I would do, you know. So mm-hmm. you, can, you can see all the advertisements you want, but what's behind the scenes? What's mm-hmm. the real stuff going on? So I've always been like that.
0: It's good stuff. Yeah, cool. Well, we sure appreciate you stopping in. Hey, it's been great. Darn been right. Great. Well, they just kicked this fence work off. So I hate to miss out on a fence work.
1: Yeah. I better go find yeah. out wherever my wife is. He's going to have to
3: take a nap
1: soon anyhow. Well, sure I am. <laughs> <laughs> and you know the biggest thing about it? I can. I can. <laughs> <laughs>
3: well, man, we can't thank you enough, Bobby. Oh, hey, it's, it's been, been great. Been it's been fun. It's been
1: great. It's been great. So...
3: Been yeah. fun for a long time. I'm sure I've yeah, been wanting has. to get you here.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's been a, it's a, it's a great life. I mean, people don't realize what a great life we have. Yes, had, you know. Yep. It's just fun to do, and I mean, I still love going to horse shows and visiting with everybody, seeing everybody. You know, and, and so it's pretty fun. Yep. I know, Bill. He asks me all the time to judge these things. It's like, man, that's eleven days of sitting. <laughs> <I seven> <laughs> <things>. <laughs> it's like, no, thank you.
0: You know, I want to well, go out and visit with people and stuff. You know. I know. So, anyway.
3: Well, we get to go to Michael's. Yeah, when well, we I'm judge good. at the South Point,
1: I get to go the first of the month here. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> right, right.
3: And and one of the best judges I've ever been with.
1: Anyway, all right, man. All right. Well, well thank well, you, guys. Yeah, I thank appreciate you. Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah.
0: Till next time. Go, okay. go fast. Take Make care. good decisions. Yeah.
1: All right. <laughs>
0: Bye. Thank you for listening to Cowhorse. Full Contact. Please like our Facebook page and follow us on Instagram to stay tuned for future episodes.